Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. to this Friday. It is the NRL Grand Final Preview Show live from the Fox Sports Bar down on the Viaduct in Auckland and what a venue we've got here surrounded by sporting history, big screens, cup of coffee for myself, about a four litre glass of coke for Sammy Hewitt, uh, affectionately known as the Hound today. Apparently I'm the Fox and he's the Hound, that means I just send him out to chase things and he will do that. Awesome to have your company here. We will be live from the Fox for the next four hours here and don't stop there because the run home with Beeve and Kimberly today uh, being a Friday, they'll be down here from four till seven. So any time within the next seven hours, if you want to come down and get a body part signed by Sam Hewitt or whatever you want to do, uh, he's he's bought a... Um, He's bought a Sharpie pen if you want to uh, if you want it's to. It's actually a him. gold flake, one of those gold flake ones as well. So. Real gold? No, fake. Fake metallic. But um That sums you up. Cost me cost me five dollars each. I've actually also got a list of um of hound breeds here and I want you to just pick one over the course of the afternoon. To, for, for for you. Yeah. Because okay. I mean you say a hound and there's like there's about sixty breeds of hound. Yeah. So I'd like to just narrow it down if I could. Okay. Um yeah. All right, we'll be chasing you on the beers as well, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, um, what have we got coming up? I'll tell you what we've got coming up at 1.15. Um, Tony Johnson, who normally joins us on Thursdays, but uh, of course with Willie Lossi's uh, um, funeral yesterday, which I'll tell you a little bit about uh, during the show as we move on uh, when we've got a gap. But TJ at 1.15 before um, he's preparing for the Hawks Bay Tasman game. Uh, he'll be calling that. A um, number of things I want to ask TJ about, actually. Jeremy Paul, if only he'd answer my text message, I'm pretty sure he will. Uh, 2.15, of course, he co-hosted on Monday. It was fantastic to have him in studio for the whole four hours, uh, but probably 15, 20 minutes will do his lot today. Uh, and then a pretty special guest at about quarter past three, Craig Gower, former Penrith Panther captain, won the grand final in 2003. And, of course, uh, this is all part of our grand final preview show. Penrith Panthers hosting, well, not hosting. I sort of think they're hosting because they're the top team. Uh, But the Eels will be trying to upset the apple cart. And we'll go across the ditch to talk to our SEN mates over there. Nick Davis today is in the chair. Uh, We also have uh, a catch-up with Darren Williams as New Zealand Cup Week is gaining momentum. We've got a mastermind, and as I wasn't here yesterday... um, it carries over because no one rang for it. So get your study on. It's Rally of New... Is it Rally? Is it World Rally? It is World Rally Championships. I know nothing about World Rally Championships. And Sam just tested me on it and I got three out of ten. So if you know anything more than me, but that wouldn't be hard. If you were a WRC nuffy, I reckon you'd do well. Yeah. And you only need to beat two. 
Correct. You only need to beat two. Yeah. Um, and there's always two gimmies. So. And that's a $100 lifestyle focus voucher up for grabs for that one. And we've got another $100 lifestyle vo- focus voucher. Oh, whenever I say stuff too fast, I just stumble. Um, for Midday Madness, which will kick off now. And it is an NRL grand final sweepstake. Sam's got pen and paper ready. In fact, he tells me it's a Word document, uh, these new age guys. Uh, I want your winner and the score. And I also want, and we'll only use it for a tiebreaker if needed, someone to score a try in Sunday's grand final. So get on the phone, 0800 150811. Give yourself a chance, ring up, tell us your score, tell us an anytime try scorer in the match, and a little bit about why. A little bit about why, because I love your opinions and your thoughts. 0800 150 811, it's Midday Madness. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Rightio, rightio. Calls are coming. Let's go to Christchurch and talk to Mark. G'day, Mark. What? are you thinking for the GF? G'day, Staffy. Um, well, it's definitely not going to be Penrith after they tipped my uh, South Sydney bunnies out last week, so they can just do one. So I, I still think it'll be close. I think um, I'm going to go Parramatta 27-24. Ooh, quite high score. And, yeah, and any time try scorer was uh, Papali'i. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, um, I don't I, I, yeah, I just I, the one thing I really hope is that um, no Kiwis get hurt. You know Same, the World mate. Cup and all that. We've got a lot of Kiwis on show here, and, and they're pivotal ones too. You know. Yeah, well, they're amongst our best, and and I guess you know they're in the final for a reason, and the, a lot of the Kiwis on both sides have really helped that kick it along, hasn't it? So yeah, good shout, yeah. good shout. Um, Papa Lee and the Eels to win, and you'd almost uh, forgive the Panthers for beating South, so? Yeah, no, it definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> Top man, Mark, thank you. Thanks. 0800 is the number. To win the $100 prize, you have to call and give us your score and a try scorer in the match. Uh, how many Kiwis are involved, Sammy? Um, it's a good question. Uh, Penrith, you've got um, Fisher Harris, obviously. Now, all the names are going to go blank for me while I'm doing this. Um, Fisher Harris, uh, Lin Yu. Okay. Um, I think there's three Panthers. I'm, I'm definitely forgetting one there. Um, and then for uh, Paramount, obviously, you've got Dylan Brown. Um, you've got Simonson in the in the centres, um, who may or may not play, um, and then Papali'i, and oh, we've got the names in front of me. Um, so, Dylan, no, 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 he's uh, he's an Aussie. So, uh, oh, Scott Sorensen's a Kiwi. Fisher Harris, Spencer Lenu, and then, or is it Leota? Is Leota out? One one of the two is 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 a Kiwi. Then uh, is in the World Cup squad. Sorry, and then Simonson, Papali'i, Dylan Brown, uh, and I think that might be it. Yes, yeah, so I think we got. Four. No, six or seven in the game. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. across the game. Um, so why don't we just look at um, <laughs> how much that's paying for uh, for Mark. Oh, if that was a bet? Yeah. So that would be oh, Parramatta 12 and under. Um, 
where is it going to be under? Margins. But it's going to be margins. Jeez, you're terrible. 12, uh, or do we go for these, these, this one? Because it was... Parameter um, 1 to 10. Parameter 1 to 10. $4.50. Yep. And then we throw on uh, an anytime try score in uh, Isaiah Papali, oh, which, is which is a pretty good... That's not a bad not a bad shout there. Give us a call. Uh, the lines are free. 0800 150 811. You right. have to ring to be in to win the $100. Um, so... Obviously, you couldn't be like you have to do a same game multi on this, but just those two together, both at four fifty, uh, would come out at twenty bucks for the odds. So a little tenner on that, and a little bit under because it's the same game, so related True. outcomes. But True. probably around the fifteen mark. That's and that's just two legs. It's just two legs. Let's go to Leonard. G'day, Leonard. Hey, Steffi, how are you, mate? Good, thank you, sir. Yeah, so um, obviously um, I'll go Penrith because they should win. Yep. Um, and score 29-12. you're in my wheelhouse there. I like that. And a try scorer? Jerome Luai. Nice. Sam, Sam is nodding with glee. So we've written that down. Yep. Where are you calling from, Leonard? I'm from the Naki, mate. Oh, gee, big match for your boys in the NPC too, eh? Perifeta back. Well, I'm actually... I'm, I'm still a blues man. I'm an Auckland boy originally, so uh, I'm still blues. Oh, okay. Still Auckland, PC. All right, that's fair enough. But yeah, Leonard, no big match for those guys down here. Yeah, massive. Massive. Good luck for your picks, mate. We've written them down, and uh, we'll be getting back in touch with you next week if you were the closest. Go well. No worries. Cheers, Daffy. There's Leonard um, from the Naki. Uh, we go to Palmy, my spiritual home, and talk to Dave. G'day, Dave. G'day, Steffi. I'm in the Naki too. Um, oh, yeah. But just hey, look, passing through. Yeah, yeah. Just passing through. I reckon it'll be about 31-10 to um, Penrith. Yep. You know, at least Parramatta do something amazing in the least first 10 minutes. And though Penrith, you know, they, they'll take it. They're, you know, they'll be out coached and whatnot. Brian Toll to score. And I definitely nice. think you'll be a field goal in the game. So do Attaboy. I. Attaboy. Attaboy. Yeah, you got it, Sammy. And I think Sammy you... could be a greyhound. He'd come out of the squeeze box very fast, doesn't eat much, but he'll sleep 18 <laughs> hours a day. That's, that sounds exactly like me. Did you say 31 10? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that is going to need a field goal, goal then, isn't it? 31 yeah. 10. Good man, yeah, Dave. That's why I said 31. Right, we've okay. got a full board of calls, Dave. Weekend. Cheers, buddy. So uh, you. We need your scores and your try score. We've got seven calls waiting, so let's rattle through them. Simon, Auckland. G'day, buddy. How you going, mate? Very well. Um, I'm going with uh, Panthers 28-20. Okay. That sounds like a GF score, Sammy, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, grand finals, they flip and flop a little bit, but they're not generally high scoring. That's why some of these high scores, I'm like, you obviously remember last year, the score was 14 12. Um, and the year before against Melbourne, it was about 24 20. So 28 20 is probably not too far off the mark. And probably not too far off the mark. Who's your try scorer, Simon? Uh, stick, uh, he was good to me last week in the last couple of minutes, so I'll stick with Cleary. <laughs> Nathan Cleary. Nice work, Simon. Your entry is in. Thanks for calling, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Uh, we have a talk now to Rye. G'day, Rye. Kilda. Kilda. Uh, yeah, I'm ringing from Whangarei. Um Yeah, my pro- score prediction, 16-12, Parramatta. Dylan Brown, try scorer. And Oof. also 
uh, man of the match. Dylan Brown, Dylan man Brown. of the match. Hard out. There you go. Is he your try scorer as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, Dylan Ooh. Brown, try scorer as well. Brilliant. You're in the draw, right? Thanks for Where's, calling. Where are you calling from again, right? Bangarei, Bangarei. Oh, I love the Aptatani. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> buddy. That is right. Okay, now, cheers, mate. Uh, rise in the draw. Let's talk to Pete. Where are you calling from, Pete? Down in Mosgill. Stabby. Pure Mosgill. Yes, I like Mosgill. These are great. Um, these are great Chinese takeaways on the main street there, across the road from Countdown. Do a wonderful egg foo young. That's right. I'm about 300 metres away from there, um, and a truck just waiting. So uh, I'm doing. Uh, 24-10, Steffi and uh, Lulu I to, uh, to score that uh, Penrith obviously to win. Beautiful. 24-10, was it? Yep, that's it. Sammy, don't let him get you, you flustered today. Sorry, you, I've, I've, you just I've dropped, dropped out there. Out, I've just dropped out there. Can you say that again? I was just hoping that uh, Sammy doesn't get uh, flustered by Steffi today in the bar. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've, I've been tasked to uh, keep him under control, mate. So I made sure he ordered a coffee first rather than a beer. We'll move him on to those a bit later on, and maybe a few G and T's. I know Steffi's big on his uh, on his cocktails, yes. so uh, a traffic light maybe as well, Steffi. If, yes. you, if you're going non-alcoholic, yes. All right, thanks for calling, buddy. Down from Mosgill, awesome of you. Uh, we're just going. My right. my laptop's just gone flat here, so I can't see who the calls are. So we're going to take a quick break. Bacon's plugged in the charger but it's not quite open so let's take a break if you're on hold stay on hold we'll get your entries in more calls after the break 0800 150 811 it's Tani Milne uh, the Fijian boys you think to try and, uh, and I think that's the score will be 16-12 a 16-12 yes, so a low scoring who, one who was your try scorer sorry Percy Tani Tane Milne. Tane, yeah. Tane Milne. He's playing. He's playing for Souths, mate. He's, he's having a holiday. He's on his Mad Monday. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, he is. You got to pick oh. another one. You're going to pick a Panther, though, aren't you? Um, I'll tell you what. Well, if you uh, want a Kiwi, if you want a Kiwi, you got James Fisher Harris, Moses Leota, uh, or Moses Leota. Um, Harris is the one. Victor Harris. James Fisher Harris. That's who he wants. All right. All right. Good man, Percy. Enjoy Waihee. What a beautiful part of the world you live in. Oh, yeah, excellent. Only for the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Percy. Thank you, buddy. Let's okay. go and have a chat to, I think it's Zade next. G'day, Zade. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Right, what Panthers are your picks, 20, mate? Panthers 24-12, Brian Toto, any time try scorer. Look, that's a money for jam pick right there from Zade. Yeah. Money. Or or Stephen Crichton maybe as well. Didn't he score last year intercept try? You can't have two. You can't have two. Don't try no, and just, bend the rules, Aid. I'm not picking two. I was just saying. <laughs> he He's just trying to cover year, his bases. Now, someone at the office brought up a stat. might have been um, Surly, who was on with Smithy this morning, that um, in grand finals, when a winger scores first, the team always goes on to win. So if Brian Toto scores first, Panthers you're up. looking good, Zade. You're looking good. I think I think the Panthers should win out um, pretty easily. Who yeah, knows? But they're, they're, it is sports, so they can be upset. And I've also got some money on the uh, Dolphins today. Even they're not the favourites, but they've won three in a row, so they're pretty hot. But um, I've heard uh, Tui Tunga Tunga Lo apparently he's a bit injured, so I don't know if he's playing or not today. So the quarterback okay. of the Dolphins, but nice. Yeah, nice. they're playing like right 
We've got lots of calls, sorry, so. buddy. We've got lots okay, of calls, so, so your entry's in. Thanks for calling. I'm um, going to have a guess that next we have Barry from Pukekohe. G'day, Barry. Morena, Staffy and Sam, how are we? Oh, gate the pie. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, like, I've really taken a dislike to the Panthers this year. They Fair just enough. act like pork chops all year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and North Queensland did the same thing in their semi. As soon as they scored, they were in the opposition's faces, carrying on. I thought, oh, God, I hope the uh, Eels get up here. And they did, so there was a bit of karma there. So you're going to go the Eels the... way? <sighs> I've got to bet with my brain and not my heart. No, go no, with your I'm heart, gonna... <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'll go the Eels <laughs> in a close one. 20 to 16. Ooh, I tell you what, I think that's probably the best scoreline we've had so far. I think that's whichever team, that's not bad. You talked me into it, Sam, so don't try and grease me up now, mate. What about, what about, what about the try scorer? Um, I'll go uh, that, that prop, Regan Campbell-Gillard, is it? Yep, RCG. Regan yep. Campbell-Gillard. Right, entries in, Barry. Thanks for calling, mate. Thank you. Good as gold. Let's go to Scott in Wellington. G'day, Scott. Come on in, Scott. Have your guess. What's your score? Oh, Come put, on, Scotty. Yeah, the, phone's oh, on the, he's, the phone's on he's the desk. Put the phone down while he puts up the jib. Scotty. Got the paintbrush as well, drying out. Right, we'll put Scott back on hold, and let's go to Gary in Upper Hutt. G'day, Gary. Yeah, well, I just have put down my paintbrush, so that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, nice. I'll, I'll go... 22-11 or 20? No, no, 20, 20 points to yes. 11 points, yeah. 11. I, I think there'll be a drop kick in there as well. I really do. Yeah. 11, so you think, because you'd only take the drop kick if you're leading, so you think the Eels are going to nah. be leading. Ooh. I think they're going to take that one right near the end of the first half. I think yeah, it's going to be see. real tight at the end of the first half, and they're oh. going to take one when it's oh, on like offer. That. And yeah, then like I a, think the second half, Penrith pull away with it. So like a 10-all just before half-time or like a 10-6 and yes. then Para take a yep. field goal just to push it out? Just, exactly, yeah. Just to get in front at half-time, but it's not going to be enough for them because Penrith come back in the second half and uh, kick out of Power's way over the line at some stage, I reckon. Ooh, beautiful. Jeez, we're thinking the same. Good on you, Gary. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Your entry Righto. is in, my man. We'll try Scott and Wellington again. G'day, Scott. Afternoon, Stephanie and Sam. How are you going? Very good, thank you. At the Fox, what are you deciding for the game? Well, hold final? on. Was I correct in saying that you're putting up some jibs, Scott, or is I way off the mark? Oh, you're way off the mark. It was just the Bluetooth <laughs> dropping out, as it normally does. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. um, I am going for the Panthers 26-18, and I think Dylan Edwards will get in there and score as well. That's, that's can't argue beautiful. it. That is a great, it's a great score. It's a great, great tip for a try scorer. And, and the other thing I was just going to say, if you jump on the power plays, there's a really good power play with uh, Panthers to win 1-12. So across the region. Either from- either uh, number two or number five to score, um, and uh, Clary or Edwards to get um, uh, Clyde Churchill medal as well for oh. five, I think it's paid 550. That's not bad. There's, I tell you what, there are some very tasty power plays for the grand finals. T- telling staff when we got here that I'm going to be loading up for Sunday, and uh, I'll be getting amongst. Good on you, Scott. Uh, 
Good luck. One more before the news. Stick around, uh, Ed, Jimmy, Carrie, Bruce. We'll go to Daryl, the last entry before the news. Two minutes for the news, but Daryl, g'day. Hey, g'day, guys. How are you? Oh, having a good day today, mate. Yeah, weather's not too well, eh, mate? <laughs> no, it's a good time to be in a pub. <laughs> it sure is. Hey, anyway, I'm just going to go um, Parramatta, mate. 25-22. Uh, Mitchell Moses, um, I think will be the difference, I reckon, with the drop goal. And uh, I'd say Sivo to score the first try. Oh, well, Sivo can score mm. any time. In our little competition, he can score any time, and he's going to be your tiebreaker. But tell you what, if, you, if Parramatta wins, you're just about the lone ranger there. Oh, yeah, well, that's with me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for calling. Again. Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Um, we're going to take a break for new sport and weather. Don't go away, you callers. A rapid-fire entry. Remember, $100 Lifestyle Vocus voucher is up for grabs for whoever gets closest in the NRL Grand Final sweepstake. We'll be back after the news. Well, listen, buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Staff and Sammy coming to you live from the Fox in our NRL Grand Final Preview Show. We are here till four. Come and say good eight. Uh, come and buy Sam a plate of chips or something. For God's sake. I'm waiting for the free food. Yeah, it's not oh, coming. I'm waiting for the free food. It's not coming. And then uh, Beave and Kimberly Downs will be here from four till seven. They'll get the after work Friday crowd. Holy hecka. Um, we are running a competition. We're running a sweepstake. Pick your score in the Grand Final. Penrith or Parramatta? Who wins? What's the score? And there's quite often a tiebreaker needed, so pick a try scorer, any time try scorer, and that could well decide it. Uh, let's go to the mighty Manawatu and talk to Kerry. G'day, buddy. Yeah, hey, mate. Very well. Uh, that's good. Good to, good to talk about the Panthers and the Eels final. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of a blowout, 27-12 to the Panthers. Yep. Um, and I'm going to go Charlie Staines try. Nice, nice. No one's picked him yet. That's a good. That's a good way to go, mate. Good way to go. Carry. I'd love to carry on chatting, but we've got about six calls waiting. So uh, thank you for entry, and I sure, wish you bud. good luck. Good on you, thank buddy. You. Let's go down to Christchurch. Talk to Bruce. G'day, Bruce. <clears throat> hey, boys. Uh, Twenty-one ten to uh, Penra. Nice. And who's your try scorer? Yep. Who's your try scorer? Oh, Kika. Vinnie Murray. Oh, my favourite. And that you want a field goal on that as well, 21-10. Yeah, mate. First half or second half? Money in the bag. Money in the bag. All right, Bruce. Thanks for putting in your entry. You're welcome. Go the mighty Marco. (laughs) Go the mighty Marco. All right, all right. Uh, Go the mighty Nati Poro, East Coast, Tolaga Bay, Ed Kyoda. So um, I got Dan Park to score a try and kick three conversions. The score beats oh, wrong game. <laughs> Get in the great so, okay, final. So, uh, 34-16 to uh, yep. Penrith, and uh, Jerome Lua is going to have a blinder. He'll score a try and get failed today. Oh, at least one try. Of 34 points, he might even get two. Chip, my break. Shit. Chip. Chip. Ed Tolagabay. Love chatting yep. to him. Here we nothing. Yeah, <laughs> good on you, mate. Uh, Ed from Tolaga Bay. We'll go to, oh, another great man from Poohoy, Jimmy. Kia ora, Jimmy. <laughs> G'day, Steph. Thanks, mate. 
Hey, um, all right, I'm going para, and uh, I'm going to go, yep, oh, I can't stand the, the Panthers. Um, I'm going to go 25-18, so I'm guessing 18 all with about 15 to go. Uh, Will Pennessy runs straight over Jerome Luai's weak shoulders with about 10 to go <laughs> to make it 24-18, and then Mitch Moses seals it with about three minutes to go, two or three minutes to go with a drop heat to make it 25-18, seven points, and yeah, Penrith can't come back from that. Mate, yeah, it's specific. You, you are on some incredible fortune-telling diet there, my friend. That is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> Jimmy, are you, uh, are you heading out to Jack's Ridge today? No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm getting all That'd prepared for the... Um, yeah, tomorrow, because I live on track, mate. So, yeah, oh. we live right on track. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can see the first kilometre of the of the, um, of the Puhoi um, stage, bro, from, from where I live. So, yeah, I'm getting all, getting all prepped for that, mate. Brilliant, brilliant. All right, Jimmy, wish you all the best in the sweepstake, mate. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend, eh? Cheers, boy. I know you'll have one in Puhoi. Uh, let's head down to Christchurch and Mikey. G'day, Mikey. This will be interesting. Oh. Always thoughtful, <laughs> always considered. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, 30 to 12 to the uh, One Phone Warriors. Oh, hang on. Um, to the Panthers. <laughs> imagine, if <laughs> to next the Panthers. Year we, imagine if next year we're in the Fox and we're doing this and people are ringing up saying, I think the Warriors will win the grand final. That's the one New Zealand Warriors to you, please, Mikey. He did say that. Did he? I thought he was <laughs> yes. on the phone. Okay, no. my bad. Hey, my bad. Just still getting around. No, I see. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, 30 to 12 Panthers. Uh, Nathan Cleary is the try scorer. Nathan Cleary. Magnificent. All right, yeah. mate. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your beers, fellas. Well, it's still the coffee. Half coffee left. Sam so far got through <laughs> two of his three litres of Coke. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, mate. Oh, my Maybe we should have done the Clive Churchill as opposed to the try scorer because everyone's throwing out a, a player of the game prediction as well. But Yeah, true. But probably, everyone's probably going to come you know the, the same, thing, right? You know the Cleary. thing that's amazing mm. is the number of scores that have odd numbers. Everyone's thinking there's going to be a field goal. All down the same. Point. Over half of them would be have an odd score, wouldn't they? Half of the um, entries. If you oh. There's a 25, that's one. There's a 21, there's a 27, there's another 25, there's an 11, uh, there's a 31, so six. Uh, there's a 27, there's seven. Yeah, so over half. Yeah, over 29, half. actually. Eight, yeah, over half. Wow, yeah, everyone's going field goal. Uh, let's go to my favourite small city of New Zealand, Nelson, and we talk to Jamie. G'day, Jamie. G'day, Steph. How you going, mate? Uh, well. oh, you, you sound relaxed. Oh, Friday afternoon, mate. Hey? Can't beat it. <laughs> uh, right. What's my, your prediction? My scores, my scores, eighteen, eighteen, eight to um, to the, the Panthers. I'd love mm-hmm. to see the Eels win, but I just can't see it. Yeah. And my try score will be uh, Ivan Cleary. Go safe. We'll go Nathan. Ivan, Ivan. I'll tell you what, if he scored, yeah. What a, yeah, yeah. what a ride that would be. <laughs> Name is Adrian, man. Yeah, yeah puts himself on a 10 to go. To Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, top man, Jamie. Good call. Thank you, buddy. Wow. That sounds like the new sting just coming a bit early there, is it, Nuf? Well, he didn't hit that. It just happened. Um, we'll take one more call.
this is what happens when you do something a little bit technically different. Um, let's have a chat to Brent from Wellington. G'day, Brent. Hey, g'day, Steffi. 28-20 to the um, Penrith Panthers, bro. Clary, Clary to get the try. Oh, it's just simple, way. Eh? It's just simple. Yeah, but yeah, it should be too like good, it. I would think. I like it, Brent. I, I like say- it a lot. Thanks, buddy. Brent from Wellington. Short, sweet, simple. You know, just knows what he wants. Efficient. Efficient. Um, now, uh, New Zealand's most improved triathlete, Brett from Huntley. G'day, Brett. G'day, Bella. Penrith, 27-12. Mike Casillo, going to get two tries for Parramatta. Going to lose Ooh. unlucky us. <laughs> unlucky us, unlucky you, <laughs> that, eels. I think that's the first person who's picked the winning team but picked the try score from the other team. Yeah, there that's, you go. Yeah, oh, that's uh, everyone else is picking Brantolo and... Uh, I've got to tune out, boys, because I've got to watch the Dolphins play the Bengals and Thursday Night Football. Righto. Kaki There goes Brett yeah, from Huntley. One more, one more before the break. Mike. G'day, Mike. Where are you calling from, mate? From Gisborne, my mate. Oh, Gizzy Hard. Gladstone Street. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, brother. Uh, I'll go Parramatta, mate. I'll go 22-18. And any time Troy score, they fine young Māori centre, Bailey Steinerson. Oh, yep. I like that. I like that. Now, Mike, just quickly before you go, being a gizzy boy, yeah, but, uh, do you yeah, know mate. where Staff, Do you know where Stafford Street is in Gisborne? Oh yeah, oh yeah, mate. Do, yes. Do you know where Do you know where Palmerston Street is in Gisborne? Yes. Oh yes. Well, I, I my name's Stafford. Surname Stafford. I, yeah, I, I grew up in Palmy, and I was born on the corner of Stafford Street and Palmerston Street in Gisborne. How ironic! Oh, well, you're a home birth, Stevie. Apparently, it's now a kindergarten oh. or something, but it was it was a maternity home or something back in the day. Oh, whatever okay. was on the corner. I don't. I don't think. Well, it's not there anymore. But there you go. We we grew up in um, Hidden East Street. Oh, good on you, mate. Tuesday's interesting. Yeah. Okay, mate. Good on you, buddy. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Mike. No, good to mate. No worries, mate. Good to Bye. hear from you, Mike. From, we got there are some great humans that oh, yeah. listen to this station in Gisborne. Oh, I nearly, I nearly went back and retraced the, the steps of my forefathers with my sister, you'll remember, and we had to call it off because she got called into work. But it's back on. It's back on for November or early December. It's back on, the little road trip. Oh, yeah. Nice. Down to... Um, I've got the um, Kiwi names in front of me here because we were sort of... Um, we didn't know who was, who was involved. Um, so for the Panthers, you've got uh, Fisher-Harris... Moses Leota and Scott Sorensen. I was mixing up Leota and Lenu. Uh, on the Eels side, you've got Dylan Brown, Maratani Akore, Isaiah Pabali, Ian Bailey, Simonson. So uh, seven Kiwis in action. And as um, one of our callers said, let's just hope none of them get injured. Now, is Bailey Simonson, is he the son of Paul? Correct. That played for Wellington? And, and the All Blacks. And the All Blacks. Correct. Very cool story on him, actually. I think on NRL, or maybe it was Fox. Okay. About playing, not in the light of his dad, but, you know, just... Choosing league over union and yeah, we I celebrate lineage like that. I and do. he's obviously in there because Opacic is injured, so um, it's a great opportunity for the young man to to you know play in a grand final. <laughs> Don't read that one out, Steph. I'm going to read it out. <laughs> Brian <coughs> Brian from Christchurch has said, Staffy, if you want the Warriors in the final, unfortunately, it won't happen in your lifetime. Now he's either predicting that I'm going to die young, or they're not going to win for the next. How long do I give myself? 30 years? No, no. Brian's talking about the Wigan Warriors. Oh, yeah, okay. No, no. He's, Good not on ta- you, he's not talking about the one New Zealand Warriors. Good on you, Brian. Now, we've got a little camera back to Niv, who's just 
What a machine he's being. He's, he's lucky the seats have got wheels in the producer's booth because he's starting oh, from one side to the other. Nev Leclerc in the booth here. <laughs> Nev Leclerc. So I'm just wondering, Nev, can, can you talk to us from there? I don't even yeah. know. I haven't even tested it. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Testing? I can hear you. Oh, I hope mate, it's going out on I have well. I've cracked out the twinkle toes today, I tell you what. <laughs> And you just came in our ears while we were talking to uh, Brian from Crosshews, just saying, uh, I've lost the spot blocks. Now, I've got no idea what that means. That was, um, that was for Sam. Oh, that was for Sam. <laughs> can we take a break now? Yes, yes. yes we have been we given okay. the okay from the higher-ups. Okay. Right up. Mode push, Niv. Mode push. Mode push. 0800 150 Keen to take your entries for your pick for the grand final score and an anytime try scorer. And whoever gets closest... Try scorer will be used as a tie break if needed. $100. $100 lifestyle focus voucher. Back in a tick. Your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gal.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Now, of course, the bit of consternation on the text machine, the temper post, bedpost, text machine. Double eight, double three. That um, Stafford Street and Palmerston Street don't intersect. This is in Gisborne. Um, Staffy Palmerston Road and Stafford Street don't intersect. Their hospital was Lister Hospital. So, Mum, <coughs> Mum, controversy. Mum at Waterbury Beach. Jen, can you text double eight, double three? You just go into your text messages on the bottom of your phone. Hit that text number is double eight, double three. Tell me. Where I was born in Gisborne, I, my whole life I thought it was the corner of Stafford and Palmerston Streets so and the maternity home. So mum, or just text me, just text me, just to, <laughs> just to alleviate my concern. It's like my whole life, all 29 Your years of them. life, Mark. All 29 years, Sam. What about, what about the fact that Stafford Street runs parallel to Fox Street? No. And we're at the Fox. Oh, <laughs> we are at the Fox. Need to be. I, I tell you what, it, the crowd here... I want these guys' jobs. They've all just come down. I'll be here to see you. It's a long lunch. Be here obviously. to see you. Between 12 and what are we now, 12.50, they have definitely rolled in. I want that job. And these, uh, these beers, these people in the Churchill room playing uh, pool behind us. We've got a table, a table of fellas and women sitting next to us. They've got bacon and eggs and uh, looks like a big hot dog or something. The food here looks exceptional, Sam. It looks fantastic. Are you yeah. hungry? Very all? much so, very much so. Waiting for our boss to come down with the, uh, with the card. <laughs> uh, he said he was going to arrive about half an hour ago. Our boss so, or Sam Brown? Uh, well, he's the boss of the card. He's the so boss, he's of, boss the of the card. I'm a little bit concerned about the uh, termodaxied fox. Uh, oh, I've just noticed there, that. Because without seeing its face, that looks like my dog. From behind? Correct. Just it, with the orange. Surely your dog hasn't got a tail that long. It's pretty fluffy. It's it's that, that is fluffy. But it's sort of fluffy uh, if you want to come down and have a yarn in the air breaks or just give us a wave, or give us a shout out, or geez, you never know, I might even chuck you on here. Ooh, dangerous. I know, they're going to have to take your headset you off. You can have yourself. one of staff's chips as well. Uh, this is the grand final preview show 0800 150 811. We've probably got time for two more quick entries before we take our last ad break. So if you want to have a go, there's a $100 lifestyle focus voucher up for grabs. You just have to pick the final score. Of the grand final of the NRL with the Penny Panthers against the Para Eels. I am actually really looking forward to this. Uh, two very good teams. It, it, everyone sort of thinks that uh, Penrith will get over, but a lot of people are believing a field goal is going to be involved. Well, you know what? I'm going to look up how many field goals there have been in grand final. If history. you wouldn't mind, Sam. Yeah. 
Yeah, we it's going to take you a long time. No, no, we need to know. We do need to know. We I'll do need to know. Yeah. All right, so the entries are in. Shall we close them? Close the entries, Sam? Yeah. You close the entries. Close the entries. Um, but there's been a stack of them. There has been a stack of them. Um, so thank you for all of your participations. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to catch up with Tony Johnson. I've heard back from Jeremy Paul. He's actually very crock reckons he got caught the flu while he was in New Zealand, so he'll be in the next hour. But stick around. We'll be back after the break. So let's go back to 1998. So that's, what, 24 years. We have had one, two, three, four, five successful drop goals in NRL Grand Finals going back 24 years. So if we look at the time gap between them, Bulldogs v Roosters in 2004, two years later, 2006, Storm v Broncos, three years later, Storm v Eels, 2009, bit of a gap here, six years to 2015, Cowboys, Broncos, then a three-year gap to Roosters, Storm. So you'd say the average gap's probably three or four years. We're at the four years since the last one. So I think it's money. I think it's a sure thing. You're the classic pundit that goes looking for patterns. I do. I absolutely do. I always look for stats that fit my narrative. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, just, I feel like um, if it's close at half time, and especially a team like the Panthers who are experienced now, they know that it's, you're dealing with small margins, they'll, they'll, they'll take it. They'll take a one-pointer, I think. All right. All right, um, stick around. We're going to go to new sport and weather. And someone's commenting on the name of one warrior saying, why not Warriors 1? That works for me. Works for you. Let's take a break. New sport and weather. We'll be back after that, just after one. Welcome back in. Oh, just had a message from Craig Gale. We thought he was going to cancel on us, but no, he's good to go. He said he could do it now, but we've got Tony Johnson booked in for very shortly, talking the rugby union code. And what a weekend of matches it is in the MPC. Um, the final round, it's, I guess when you work out the draw at rugby union headquarters, you want, you want it to be meaningful all the way to the end. And um, just so many matches have have a lot on it and a huge match tonight, 7 o'clock, Hawke's Bay get a good crowd down there to um, McLean Park, Hawke's Bay hosting Tasman <coughs> excuse me, Southland can they, mic off mic back on, that probably still came through mine though, <laughs> probably did um, <laughs> Southland, uh, really keen to see if they can back up that great win, they take on North Harbour who can be hot and cold, mainly hot though uh, Auckland Taranaki, huge match, and of course the feature there is Roger Tuivasa Shek in the 12 jersey. Stephen Perofeta, the 52nd All Black, um, 50 seconds as in time, uh, playing in the 10 jersey for Taranaki. Keen to see him go, and I reckon he'll go well. Otago are hosting uh, the juggernaut that is the Red and Black Canterbury. Counties will be hosting Wellington, 2 o'clock on Sunday, which is the same time as Northland. Hosting Manawatu at Kaikohi. Of course, they are 
preserving the playing surface at uh, Semenoff Stadium in Whangarei for the Women's World Cup. Um, Northland taking on Manawatu. Manawatu's last chance to pick up a win. And, of course, Northland midweek. Midweek won't be at the absolute best year physically. Such a chance, the Green and White Army, but I have massive respect for the Tanifa. What a season they've had. And then it rounds out on Sunday at 4.30, Waikato taking on Bay of Plenty. Waikato have uh, hit the skids a little bit. Two losses in a row. Who were they to? They were Hawke's Bay in the Shield Challenge and then Otago down in Dunedin. They're back home hosting their neighbours and their chief brothers, uh, Bay of Plenty. Lots on that as well. Waikato wanted to stay in the top and Bay of Plenty trying to get in the top or cement themselves in there as well. Uh, had a text me, if you're listening, Armoured, yes, we will get in touch with you about the World uh, Cup of Indoor Cricket. Uh, some more text messages come through. Always happy to get them on the Tampa Bedpost text machine from Kimberley. Oh, my God, imagine if the corner of Stafford and Palmerston was once a strawberry patch. That will take some explaining. Anyway, <laughs> I think you should get fish and chips and a Bloody Mary at the Fox after 3 o'clock. Oh. Are you all about that, Sam? Uh, probably not the Bloody Mary, but certainly the fish and chips. Isn't Bloody Mary tomato juice? Yes. And pepper. I think they put pepper vodka. on top. They put vodka in it. Bloody Mary. Uh, you can get a... What's a Bloody Mary you can get? Uh, what's that saucy stuff? Tabasco. Tabasco, yeah. yeah, yeah that's that's right. a nasty Bloody Mary. That's not me then. Uh, anything that's remotely uh, anything spicy, that stay away from. So your taste I will buds. take the fish and chips, Kimberly. I'll pass a Bloody Mary over to staff. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, I've just deleted the wrong staff. New Zealand daylight saving doesn't suit my radio listening time. Can you have a word with Jacinda? Uh, that's from Australia. <laughs> well, maybe you guys just need to catch up, Australia, eh? You just. I've got a real issue with this text message, Sam. Why? Oh, I, yeah, I know why. Yeah. D- daylight savings. Yeah. Plural. <laughs> yep. It's just one. It's just saving. Yeah, but I don't, like, I get learnings because it's not really a word, but, like, saving savings, it's, it's potato, 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 what do people say? Tomato. 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 Potato. Tomato. Tomato. Um, you know, not a big deal. Not a big deal. It's okay. like saying Mike Hosking's. Or no leamings. Oh, no leamings. No leamings gets me. Um, Gary says, I think if you called them Warriors 1, it would probably be a breach of the advertising standards. Yeah, I get, I get what he's saying there. And if they didn't win, oh. you'd be breaching, you know, you'd be failing to fulfill your uh, turn up in false the s- advertising. In the second week, they'd be called Warriors Lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh. Sammy, the smashing statistician field goal at sixes is as sure as death in Texas. Is it at, is it at sixes for the whole game? The whole game. Jeez, that's, that's, that's actually quite low. I would have thought it was either. It's 15 for the first half. Well, I think if you went in the fullness of the time in the NRL history, and let's say this season there were, I'll make it up, 20 field goals, most of them would have been the second half. Wouldn't you think? For the grand final? No, I no th- not the grand final, just in a normal game. In a normal game, well... Because a lot of them will be in extra time or just before full time, correct? And you don't yeah, often yeah. get the pre half time just just to get ahead. I saw one which yeah. was a forty twenty. Mitch Moses to kick a forty twenty, and that was paying quite a lot. Yeah, there's not been a lot of forty twenties. Is he a forty twenty guy? There hasn't been a lot of forty twenties like in the last, I'd say, seven or eight rounds. Of Who's the, the king of the forty twenty in the NRL? Daly Cherry Evans loves a forty twenty. Ben Hunt. Um, ben Hunt sometimes does a forty twenty. Nathan Cleary's hit quite a few actually. But I reckon DCE is a, is a master of the 40-20. Mm. And probably Adam Reynolds, given his kicking game. Um, Sam? 
from Mark. Have you heard? We've heard the rumour that the Roosters are going to offer RTS a huge amount of cash to go back to them. I reckon, Sammy, it's not only just the Roosters that'll be sniffing around, Roger. No, and um, we, we had a little chat about this yesterday because it, the Roosters, it doesn't really make sense. Right, they've got Suali'i, they've got Tupo, they've got Tedesco. So he doesn't fit anywhere in their back line unless, you know, Suali'i goes somewhere else or whatever. But prime pickup for the Dolphins. You know, have they got money? But they've got money this year. Yeah, they they're don't. not playing next year. Are they playing next year? Yeah, they're year? in 2023. They're from 2023. And yeah. they've got Munster? No, that's unconfirmed. And if they did get him, it's not till 2024, as I, as oh, I So they will it. have money left because they've, they've... Yeah, they've, they've definitely got money. They've definitely got money. And they can move things around. The, the thing is, I think too, right, is Roger, he doesn't want to play NPC. And I don't even know if he wants to play Super Rugby if there's no All Blacks on the table. And in that case, almost playing for any NRL team, because you're good. playing every week. Correct. And, and you're playing NRL. How old so, is he? 30? Uh, I think he might be 30. Um, I'll have a quick look. Um, so I think he could go to the Dolphins. But then, you know, the reality is, if people... He's 29, yeah, turning 30 next year. The reality is, if clubs know that he's willing to go back to rugby league, you'd basically get every club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what club doesn't want him other than the clubs that have... To, I mean, you know, Souths could do with another winger to pair Alex Johnson. Um... The Storm could definitely do with wingers. They were struggling this year. They got Nofaluma in, um, but they were struggling to replace um, Xavier Coates when he went when he was injured. So the and Storm Pappenhausen's always injured. So you could, you could sign Roger as a wing, and you know you got a fullback of Pappenhausen. I honestly reckon there's probably only maybe two or three teams. The Panthers probably be one of them that don't would wouldn't really need to go looking for him. But there'll be a lot of teams that'd be keen. And a lot of teams have got money. Yeah, and the thing is it's not money. I mean money is part of the equation, but it's not the big part of the equation when it comes to Roger. It's about time on the park, playing plying your trade, when you've probably only got two or three years either in super slash all blacks or NRL. Anyway. He'll get more money in the NRL. Yeah he will. Yeah. Um, we'll take a break. On the other side we're gonna catch up with uh, Sky Sports Tony Johnson. It's normally Thursdays. We saved it till today. So join us after the break. Tony Johnson. Let's talk some rugby. Um, gosh, there's so much going on. A, a quick review of the All Blacks Rugby Championship efforts. They got the win. They held the Bledisloe Cup. So on paper, um, success. But, geez, it was hard-earned. Yeah, it was, in the end, a lot better than it was looking like it was going to be after three games when they dropped, you know, obviously the first game in South Africa. Bounced back from that really well against the South African team that, you know, let, let's be honest, uh, wasn't as good as it had been in the first test, but it was still a notable win in a difficult place to win. Then they come back, uh, drop a game to Argentina, another below-par performance. Um, but then after that, it was it was pretty good. They bounced back really well from that. The performance in Hamilton uh, was comprehensive. Again, Argentina weren't as good as they'd been the previous Week and that was a bit of a theme throughout the rugby championship. Teams struggling to produce, reproduce the intensity of a winning performance back to back, but the All Blacks managed to do that. Obviously, a controversial win in uh, Melbourne, but you just got to remember that uh, the referee's decision didn't hand the game to the All Blacks. It provided them with an opportunity, and they took that really well, which was a good sign. And then in a test that uh, you know that kind of it. it burst into life for times and then spluttered a bit. But in the end, the All Blacks way too good for an Australian team that, to me, just looks in a world of trouble. Um, and and so they, they come out of it in the end with an unlikely win, uh, a, a narrow margin. 
but still, I think, you, you know, you win the Bledisloe Cup or you retain the Bledisloe Cup, you win the Rugby Championship. You've got to give them a, a, a good pass mark uh, and you can see the potential to get better but the need to be more consistent. And so the next time we'll see the top flight All Blacks is obviously the Northern Hemisphere Tour. But throw in the curveball of the All Blacks 15, um, who are not going to be classified as All Blacks, uh, but they're going to be called the All Blacks to a degree. Do we see the return of the likes of Stephen Perifeta, Peter Gus, Kula, and some other ones that have been knocking on the door? Well, there's some real value in a tour like this. And I can remember the first time I went away on an All Blacks tour to Europe, uh, the All Blacks played, uh, I think they played a couple of tests in um, France um, and one in Italy. But at the same time, there was a New Zealand A team doing the rounds. They called them New Zealand A. It was under Steve Hansen and Robbie Dean uh, and, and Darren Shand, actually. And, and that produced an opportunity for a, a, a lot of players to get some international experience. Like for example, they played a, like a French Barbarians team a couple of times. Uh, they played Wales A, and then they ended up with a game against Romania in Bucharest. And you know, a lot of good players came through uh, the ranks of that team. I think Tony Brown uh, was a guy that uh, I think uh, Jerry Collins, Rodney Soriano, players like that, Chris Jack. So it, it was a really worthy thing. And you know, to me, the interesting thing is going to be how do they balance this out? Um, you know, there's some All Blacks that could really do with some game time. And taking them away on tour, it, would it be better for them to be in the A team? And I'm looking at guys like Roger Tuivasa Shek, uh, Lester Fanga, Anuku, players like that. Would they be better off getting uh, repeat game time with the A team? Or will the All Black selectors insist on them going along for the ride where they might only make one and a bit appearances? Uh, to me, the answer, especially with a guy like RTS, I would I would take him with the All Blacks, play him against Japan, and then send him to the um, to to the New Zealand or the All Black fifteen uh, just to get that game time. But but whether or not they do that just remains to be seen because you know they do seem to be uh, quite committed to the idea of taking very large groups of, of players away. They do. I've got a bit of an issue with the name All Blacks 15, but they're not going to be classified All Blacks, so I think it should be the New Zealand 15 or New Zealand A, but that's by the by. I'm wondering, and I don't know if you do know this, the eligibility for those players, like we've seen Peter Gus have a little bit of a little bit of game time, but he's now no longer eligible for Fiji. Will eligibility um, be affected for, you know, never played for the All Blacks, but then go and play for All Blacks 15? Um, I don't know, Lalangi Vissanir, someone like that. Would that rule them ineligible or not? Um, I think the rule used to be that there was either the top team or the second top team. Now, you could class the, the Māori All Blacks as the second top team uh, or you could class this All Blacks 15. I don't know. I think a number of countries have been probably a little bit guilty of this over the years. Uh, and, you know, you, you hate to think of it, but I, I, I think there probably are cases over the over the years where they've gone, look, let's let's put this guy in here just to make sure he's he's one of ours. I, I'm not sure that I particularly like it when, uh, you know, you get a guy who might play 20 minutes of rugby and, and that precludes him for five years from playing for anyone else. But uh, oh, I hope that doesn't come into it. But, you know... You, you, you suspect that um, you know long-term planning. They think let's let's tie this guy up now. You wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if that was the thinking. 
Um, Bunnings MPC, just about every game this weekend, uh, TJ, has got something on it. One team or both teams have got a lot to play for in nearly every fixture. Yep, uh, definitely the case. Uh, Hawks Bay, Tasman tonight, very good example. Hawks Bay uh, must win or at least do better than what Otago do. Uh, that could come down to bonus points. Um, if they had to make the top four, though, you know, a team that was going such gangbusters with the Rams Valley Shield, they've dropped out of the top four, so they need to beat Tasman. Tasman uh, are not guaranteed anything yet. Uh, they're in fourth place, but they've got Northland right behind them, and Northland have got a game against Manawatu that you would think on form that Northland would be able to win. So Tasman have somehow got to find a couple of points at least in this game. So that, that starts the weekend. And, of course, the other thing about Tasman, if they get a win, it might just help them avoid Canterbury in a quarterfinal next week because the quarterfinals are actually you play against a team from within your own conference before they cross over. I'm not quite sure why that's the case, but that's what they've come up with. Then you've got Southland against Harbour. Well, Southland are out of it, but North Harbour... They, they need the win. Uh, if you know they can stay in second place, they'd be very happy. Could well mean a, a home a quarterfinal against Auckland, uh, which they'd love. Um, Auckland, Taranaki, Auckland, the same boat. Uh, they need to win, you know, possibly to stay in the top four. Uh, Taranaki out of contention, but you know how they love beating Auckland. Otago, mm. Canterbury, well, Canterbury are secure, but Otago definitely needs the points there to stay in fourth place. Because uh, Hawks Bay could knock them out. Uh, Counties Monaco are out of it, but Wellington, uh, they'll want to stay top of the table as well and, and wrap up that spot ahead of the Waikato uh, Bay of Plenty game on, on Sunday, which could have all sorts of things riding on it um, because they're, they're both in the, in the top three, but one of them is going to get a home, uh, you'd think a home quarter final, and one of them won't. So, And they could possibly end up top of the table. So, you know, as I say, pretty much every, well, in fact, every game, will have some bearing on the playoff race. Then that's a great scenario. And I guess you'd have to say it's a bit of a tick for the new format, the odds and evens. I I was like taking a watching brief to see whether I liked it or not. And although my teams are nine losses from nine, uh, removing myself from that equation, I don't think any other uh, format would have even helped that, just given how they've gone this year. But it seems like it's, it's worked pretty well, TJ. Yeah, I mean... I quite like the old scenario, but people found it confusing who was in the championship, who was in the premiership, two different divisions. I think it very much came out of a need to try and resolve uh, some some massive questions that were being asked or going back over 10 years now about, you know, the future and, you know, how many teams they should have. And that was the solution at the time. And to me, it's worked pretty well, but I think uh, people found it confusing. I, I think uh, just the, the very cutthroat nature of it this year. We've had um, we've had upsets, uh, you know, certainly unexpected results. The crossover seems to have worked out pretty well. Uh, there's, there's still some things that they can look at, but what it means is that you know you go into the final weekend and there's really only one, two, there's only four teams that are not in contention. The only thing I'd say that you know you get into these final weekends that maybe they could think in future of the teams that miss out on on the top four quarterfinals there could be some sort of playoff for them just to give them one more game and a chance for, you know, one more crowd or something like that. But, um, you know, you can't really complain about the scenario that we have this weekend when you've got seven games of rugby and all of them are going to have some sort of impact on the makeup of the of the playoff draw. 
Uh, the interesting scenario too of um, returning All Blacks, uh, TJ, we see Pirafita starting for Taranaki, Roger Tuovasashek starting for Auckland, but in the game you're calling tonight, Hawks Bay against Tasman, they're all back, but they're all on the bench. Uh, it's going to make for an interesting final 20-30 minutes. Yeah, you're, you're not sure what um, the thinking is behind that. Um, like in the case of Tasman, well, they get Lester Fanga Anuku and Sever Reese back, um, but Dan Perrin and uh, Guy Cornelius, I uh, say Gray Cornelius, beg your pardon, um, have both uh, opted to, to stick with what's been serving them pretty well. Um, Fatuli Paya on the right wing, Maka Springer, who's still I think he's only 19 years of age, but he's had a he's had a terrific season. Mm. Um, I think he's, he's up to about. Eight tries now, um, Springer, and he's just a young fella. So, yeah, it does create um, all sorts of possibilities. I mean, you could bring Fyang Anuku into the into the midfield or you, um, you could um, just a straight replacement or you could chuck Severis in at fullback. It, you know, th- this is a huge game, this. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Falau Whakataba uh, coming into the mix for Hawks Bay um, and coming off the bench. Um, for Brad Weber, who must be one of the unluckiest players in New Zealand rugby right now. I have nothing but admiration for this guy. I hope he gets one of these two. Well, he should get one of these tours at the end of the year um, because he's, he's just been fantastic. Um, I'm really looking forward to this game. I tell you, both sides, Hawks Bay look strong and Tasman look a bit stronger and more settled than they've probably been at any stage of the season, given this run of injuries that they've had. So... Yeah, and you're chucking Fakatava, Fanga Anuku, and Reese late in the game, um, and and uh, Bryn Evans, who's uh, you know also a former All Black. It, it, it makes I, I think this is an intriguing match and prospect. You just mentioned Brad Weber there. I reckon he's going to be the captain of the New Zealand fifteen that goes away. I really do. Well, yeah, that would be that would be an acknowledgement uh, of a guy who, to me, I, I think been extremely unlucky just over the last few years not to have had more opportunities at all black level uh, it's great that he's still here I mean you've got to admire that um, you, you know can't really say a thing about the guy um, but just 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 one final thing I know we're just about out of time I, I see um, um, talking of you know I've mentioned injuries Quintupaya now it turns out that injury is a lot worse mm. than they initially hoped I mean I actually just had a quick word with him the day after and, and he was really hopeful that he was going to avoid surgery because as soon as you have surgery, you're tacking on two or three months. Now turns out that uh, that's a nine-month injury and this clown is going to get what? He's going to end up missing three test matches because they're going to send him on this Australia A tour. That'll cover three of his six-game suspension. And so what sort of a punishment is that for inflicting an injury that's not only going to take a, a, a top professional player out of action for, for nine, an international player out of action for nine months might even put him in doubt for next year's World Cup, and and who knows, you know, what sort of a recover he's going to make for it, and and and, and he gets what misses three Test matches. It's just it, it, it's wrong every single way you look at it. Yeah, and I remember on the breakfast show sometime this week, uh, Israel Dag was saying, when you do your knee as a rugby player, it never comes back as good. You, you lose a little bit of speed, you lose a bit of strength, and you lose a lot of confidence. It's um, just a clown act that hasn't been served right, and I think pretty much everyone's universal on that. Well, the, the other thing, too, it, 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 I, just a couple of 
interesting vibes that I picked up on um, about Darcy Swain, just his general demeanour around that whole test match, both sort of on you know on and off the field, directed at other players, directed at the All Black uh, support staff. Um, there, there was there was there was something going on there that that I. But as I say, um, this really comes back to the judiciary. They've been soft all year, and they're doing the game no favours. Bang on, TJ. Bang on. I'm going to let you go and get on the plane, mate. Looking forward to your call tonight. It's a it's a barnstormer of a game, and you have my full permission to wear the Tasman eye patch, mate. Get them home. Well, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that, brother. I'm, I know uh, you don't. Absolutely not. No, look, I'm, I uh, I love going to Napier, and I think this is a terrific Hawks Bay team. So now I'll I'll be. Uh, Hopefully, you know, down the middle, but I, I, I will have to take my, by the sound of it, I might have to take my raincoat. <laughs> Good man. Thanks, DJ, as always. Okay. Cheers, Daffy. Always got to talk to TJ about the great sport of rugby, particularly the Bunnings NPC. But uh, thunder only happens when it's raining, and it's the it's the Cyclone Penrith or the Cyclone Panther has joined the show now, and her name is Pip Morris. They've offered her up for all the TAB stuff today because it's the NRL Grand Final. You just froth the NRL, Pip, and you must be so excited and counting down to kick off for your Penrith Panthers that you've been swinging from the rafters about all year. <laughs> Good afternoon, Staffy. I certainly have. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I don't know why. I think it's just because I want them to get it so bad. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Sunday, but I'm also looking forward to when it's over. But, oh, look, I can't wait. And there's some people best too on Penrith. A couple of little ones are on the Eels, but the uh, best back try scorer for the first try scorer is Brian Poe. And I don't mind that option, although I thought the Eels might score first just because they, they tend to come out hard and fast. Penrith don't really mind seeding. You know, they can always come back to do their 80-minute uh, grind. So, look, there's some nice plays there this year, That's interesting, because I've, I've taken... <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're nervous and you just want it all over and have the premiership ring and then just carry on with your life, because it's just hectic That's for the right. next 48 hours for you. I've, I've taken a little multi... Uh, sorry, a little power play myself with Total to score first and kick out any time and that was fruity I like, and you'd have to agree with that because they're both Panthers Oh absolutely I, I like that of course Kakao getting out of the player and I do like that and, and look as far as they go there's some really nice power plays available on all the games I've checked them out to savvy.co.nz and I can tell you the clues are Clive Churchill middle Nathan's the best back there staff but uh, Dylan has come right in Dylan Edwards he was 12 he's into 7.5 don't mind him. I thought he could have got the match player of the week last time instead of Cleary. And if they shut Cleary down, look, he's going to have to really stand up. And there's been a really nice, powerful, uh, popular power play, I should say. One to 12. Any number two or number five or replacement winger scores a try. And Cleary or Moses Clyde Churchill at 450. So there's something for either an Eels or Penrith fan there. And just quickly, big day out of the bay on Saturday. Bonus back available on all the races. And our main meetings, the two yeah, and two across the Tasman. Look out for power plays there. And boosted odds, too. There's a, a little bit on Twitter. If you head there, see what horse you want to uh, get boosted. I think La Creek is currently leading the way there. 
Can anyone beat Le Creek, in all honesty? Um, been bridesmaid a few times, uh, had a few devastating wins, and a few have been scratched out of that race. Is it a good anchor? She is to a point. I think the track conditions are still going to really come into play. Definitely just with that rain that's really supposed to be forecast. They are going to try to get handier with her. I think she was really luckless in the Tarzino. She is the class mare. If she gets through the ground, she should be winning that race. But there's a couple of other nice ones if she doesn't. Have a look at Harlot. He's got a really nice just picking up form and he goes through the wet. So I didn't think he was the worst at longer on. Brilliant, Pip. Well, I was going to say, just have a nice relaxing weekend, but uh, this is the one weekend of the year. That is impossible. Do, do you do you, do you put on a Penrith Panthers jersey or a beanie, or do you sport oh, the scarf? Of I am that superstitious. My son was wearing a green onesie last week, and I made him take it off because that was the bunny colour. <laughs> and uh, he had to put on my jersey, which was actually more a colour like the rest. And I wear, uh, I've got a Penrith Panthers Champion shirt as well as their hoodie. So I chuck them both on, Staffy. Got to get in there. I'll have the cheese board ready to go. I'll be pacing the lounge. And hopefully I'll have bragging rights afterwards. Mate, I, I'm just picturing your lounge. It is just going to be amazing. Hey, Pip, uh, enjoy the weekend. Great uh, Group 1 race. Uh, Fantastic high-class racing all weekend and rounds it off a perfect Sunday. If Penrith win, turn your phone off. Oh, you won't stop hearing from me. You turn yours off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cheers, Pip. Thanks, right, mate. Bye. Pip Morris from the TAB, tab.co.nz. There's so many boosted options and power plays. Um, they've done an amazing job on the power plays. A bit of, bit of an arm twist from uh, Sammy Hewitt to open up a, a field goal in the first half, which they have done. $15 for a field goal in the first half. $15, which suggests it would only happen one in seven times. In grand finals, it had happened more than one in seven times. I think that's, that's a value bet, Sammy. I think it is, Steph, and I'm just trying to find something else for the punters here. <laughs> look um, at your go. If I may. So, look, I... I think a shoo-in for, for an any-time try scorer is Isaac Targo for the Panthers. But even first try scorer, pick a centre. So last year, first try scorer, Matt Burden, playing in the number four jersey. The year before, first try scorer, Justin Ollum, playing in the number four jersey. Not in 2020, but 2018, uh, both Latrell Mitchell and Joseph Manu scored from the centres. Um, so... There's something about centres, I think, in a grand final, and, and also actually in State of Origin. I always put money on centres to score in State of Origin because I think they're expecting, when they're starting to spread it wide, they're expecting it to go to the winger, so they push faster, which opens up a bit more of a hole for the centre. A little bit of a weak shoulder. So, look, I just think if you're, if you're doing some sort of same-game multi or if you're looking at the power plays, have a look at either Targo or Crichton, if you're a Panthers fan, or it would be Penasini and Simonson, I think, for the Eels playing in the centres. So uh, just have a little, you know, tell them I sent you and have a little look at that. Someone just texted in, Sammy's digging up some nuggets for the punters today. There'll be a successful field goal in the game. Two attempts in the first half last time they met. Targo to score from a, a Waka Blue, a Wonga Blake fumble from a Cleary bomb. And Panthers win 23-16. Cleary wins the church and we to choose from AJ. I, I hadn't read that as well before by, but, but before I looked at the centres, by the way, but he's agreeing with Targo. I think ta- I'm think i going to put Targo as a first try score, I think. I'm going to give that mm. a little nudge. Uh, hey, Steph, can you tell me, this is from James, can you tell me if Hawks Bay, or if the real Bay, Hawks Bay. Now, I'm not Hawks Bay or Bay of Plenty, but Bay of Plenty won that game, so aren't they the real Bay? I think that's how it works between you two bays, Kilda Bay. Who won at Bay Plenty. Yeah. Yep. Um, but can I tell him if they are a chance for the finals? 
Look, everyone's in a chance with the finals, but they've got a bit of work to do. They're currently in fifth, right? They're on equal points with Otago, who are fourth, but Otago have played, uh, sorry, won one more game than them. Uh, so Otago at the moment in fourth, Hawks Bay in fifth, both tied on 26 points. Sixth, counties can't catch them. So Hawks Bay need to beat Tasman, but Tasman need to win as well. That's what there is so much on this game tonight. Tasman are currently in fourth, but they've got Northland sniffing at them. So if Northland get over the top of Manawatu, which statistically they probably should, you'd have to think Northland are going to get four or five points. So Tasman have to win. So it's, a, it's almost like a, it's not a quarterfinal, what's before the quarterfinal? It's almost a round of 16 for Hawke's Bay tonight. At home, Brad Weber. Yes, they're a chance to make the finals, but I think they're going to have to win tonight. I have to get, they have to get the win tonight. Uh, one that's coming, and I actually got a few about this uh, earlier in the week, which I didn't answer, Staffy, is the Women's Rugby World Cup all live and free on TV3 or on Spark, not Sky. Cheers, Marshy. Hawks Bay, go the mighty Magpies. My understanding is Spark, uh, the broadcaster, they will have every game live. Uh, their partner is TV3. Uh, they will have, my understanding again, is all of the Black Ferns, Pool games delayed, uh, two of the quarterfinals delayed, and then live semi-finals and final live free-to-air TV3. So you'll get to see them all, uh, and the ones at the pointy end of the competition, semis and final, will be live, and the, the other ones are delayed. But the simple way is Spark have it uh, live every single game. Talking about live sport, actually, before we take a break, um, we're at the Fox at the moment, uh, which is a fantastic what do they call it? A London bar in Auckland down at the Viaduct here. It's got an awesome vibe in here, actually. Really good atmosphere. They've got the NFL on with commentary going as well. Uh, they've told us that they are open any time of the day during the FIFA World Cup. The FIFA World Cup, I was going to say the finals. But the FIFA World Cup, every single game live at the Fox. And we've just had a little look at the menu and ordered a little bit of a little bit of midday, uh, sorry, mid-afternoon sustenance. Food, drinks, atmosphere, conviviality, um, and it's a really cool-shaped bar. Lots of little um, alcoves and areas that you can frequent. So FIFA World Cup, every single game, live at the Fox. I've, fa- I've found, if you, do you want a house deposit? <laughs> Save it. <laughs> do you want me to save it? Save it. Okay. Because we have to take a break. Uh, the fish basket's just arrived. Seafood basket's just arrived. Uh, save it. We're going to take a break. And if you've got what's making news, make yeah. it as part of your what's oh, making well, okay, news. Okay, yeah, I've got two. Stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world. What is making news is I confirm the seafood basket at the Fox mm. is outstanding. Burnt my tongue on the prawn. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> we go again. What um, makes news, Sam? Do you want to know my tip first or do you want to yeah, know what's go making the, news? Go the tip. What, I'm, what I'm, is I'm the tip? Leave, I'm going to leave the tip till the end. Oh, okay. no, because I'll, no, I'll probably run out of time. Um, okay, so my first I've got two. My first one, bearing in mind what I talked about just before, Brian Toto, he's going to score a try. Isaac Targo, the centre, I think he scores a try. Panthers to win by 13 plus. I, I'm happy with all of that. If you want to throw in Jerome Luai to score a try and Dylan Edwards to get the Clive Churchill, that power play, which is under the alternate power plays, is paying $67. 
Panthers 13 plus, Toto, Targo, Luai, all to score a try, and Edwards to get the Clive Churchill. Well, you've been saying Panthers all week. It, it lines up with a little bit of what I'm saying. I'm not sure about Luai, I'm not sure about Edwards getting the Clive Churchill, but. Pip just said Edwards, and she is. I just think they favour this, like. They'll favour Cleary if they win. You know what I mean? They'll favour Cleary. Yeah, now, the thing about that, it's a bit like hometown boxing. You don't have to be the best player on the field if you're Nathan Cleary. You just have had a good game. Correct. It was like Cooper Cronk when he won that one and he basically didn't touch the ball. Mm. He just sat in the backfield. Now, this is your house deposit, people. Before I read it out, it's paying $501. <laughs> so you throw a 10, you throw a hundy, you're, you're sitting pretty comfortable. Right. It matches up perfectly with what I'm talking about. Cleary wins the Clive Churchill. Targo to score the first try. Cleary to be the top point scorer in the game. A draw at half time, and I've been bullish on the draw at half time um, all throughout the day. And then Will Penasini to score at any point. So the centres, Penasini and Targo, that's what I talked about for. But Targo to score first, Cleary to win Clive Churchill, Cleary top point scorer, and a draw at half time pays $501. You're welcome. Tell him I sent you. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Jesus. All right. Now, you don't watch Stranger Things. No. That's where their nosebleeds, eh? Yeah. Well, yeah, some of them do. A lot of people out there will watch uh, Stranger Things. Great TV show. And um, as is often the case with these um, film and TV uh, shows, um, they've put up the the house that uh, Will Byers, and if you know the show, you'll know Will Byers, the young kid who goes missing in the first season. They're putting up the house... Um, as an Airbnb, as a purchasable Airbnb. So you buy it and then you use it as an Airbnb to rent it out, right? So uh, it's just been bought for uh, $300,000 American. So what's that, about 600. 500, 600K New Zealand, which is pretty uh, pretty nice. Straight onto the Airbnb uh, rental website. Um, so even though you obviously missed out on buying it, you can still go and experience it. If you're that way inclined, it's probably a little bit freaky. I don't know if they've kept some of the film stuff in there. But as an experience, like a haunted house experience, next time you're in Georgia. Do you know how much it is Airbnb? for a night? No, I don't actually know, no. We'll find that but out. But apparently it's been fully booked out for Halloween, Oh, as you can imagine. Fantastic. Um, something a little bit darker um, than, than that uh, horror show. Um, Barney, the dinosaur. Apparently there's a Netflix documentary coming out. This sounds like your cup of tea. Yes, Netflix documentary coming out. It's called I Love You. You Hate Me, and it is the dark side of Barney the Dinosaur. So apparently there is all the stuff around Barney, around the guy who played Barney. Um, there were things like um, the, the suit got taken to parties and burned. Um, there were death threats. There's all of this supposed mystery and darkness around Barney the Dinosaur, and this, this Netflix documentary series is going to... Um, Explore it. Perhaps it is the life and times of Thomas Waldrum because his nickname was Barney, well, named after Barney. He might have been in the costume. From Barney bashing to frat parties to homicidal video games, something in American society broken to a million pieces and it's never been put back together again. Or is this just who we were all along? That's sort of like the tagline of the film. Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested to see. And apparently the director got death threats because of the show ruining Barney the Dinosaur for a lot of parents and kids. Wow. Yeah, so I can't wait to sink my teeth into that one. Um, a Fox Sports reporter over in the US. And now Aaron Judge, we talked about him the other day, New York Yankees. Uh, he's hit his 61st home run for the season, which um, which ties a record. I think he's about fifth on the records list for, for in a single season. And uh, the man who caught the ball was actually one of the opposition dugout like sort of coaches. <laughs> and his wife, the dugout coach's wife, is a reporter on television. 
and she saw that he had caught the ball. So she posted a tweet saying, I'm down here in Florida fighting off the hurricane, but the good news is I can now announce my retirement, knowing that the ball's going to sell for 500k. She sent a follow-up tweet about two minutes later saying, cool, I just saw him hand the ball back without checking to see if our house is still here. I'd like to announce our divorce. (laughs) It's been a week. Elon Musk, who's worth a lot of money, as you well know, Steph, um, if he lost 99.9% of his net worth, he would still have about $273 million. $273 million. Just lose it, Elon. Lose it this way. Lose it over this way. Um, a few texts we'll get through after the uh, news, sport and weather. Actually, you're on Afternoons with Stephanie. We're coming to you live from the Fox for the NRL Grand Final Preview. Stick around. We'll be back. I've just said down my headphones, do you want some music out of the news? I said, yes, please. What was that? That wasn't music. That's a noise. That was, I actually know that song. Not a fan. Uh, been looking forward to this today. Uh, all of the horses are coming out to play as they prepare for uh, a huge summer of racing. I guess we, well, we're nearly at summer. Is the 1st of October summer? Um, oh, and we just, Cam's just dropped off the line. So we'll try and get Cam Kirkwood back. It's a 12-race program tonight in Addington. In fact, is our, I think, our Pacing for Purpose horse is running tonight, Sam, isn't it? No, I think it's on Sunday. Oh, is it on Sunday? I think so, but I think our dog might have run already. Today? Maybe. It was at, It was Addington. Addington today? Yep. And it Ooh. was, yeah, it was race three, I think. Oh, was it dog eight? Oh, that, no, that doesn't sound right. It was so famous grouse one, Homebush, Ari, Rowdy's monster, no, got faith. None no, of those. No, no, it might not be this one. Keep going down. What were the what were the other dogs? Like Axel Golf. Mr. Muggins, that was our that was our dog. Last. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're a first or last man, aren't you? Oh yeah. Mr. Go big Muggins. or go home. Oh no. Now that's thrown me out of the Eddington um harness fields. We're just trying to get Cam Kirkwood up. Doesn't look like he's answering his phone now. He's got the pricker with us. He's got the pricker with us. Uh, let's just go and find it again. Just while you're doing that, um, someone texts in saying the uh, my my power play tip goes against the half time. Uh, sorry, the half time draw in that power play goes against the drop goal bet that I had. Um, but see, that's sort of the point, Steph. Is I think it's going to be drawn at half time or close to, so they'll take a field goal and they'll either hit it or they won't. So if they don't hit it, it's going to be a draw. And if that, they do that, hit it, if they do hit it, I've, I've got money on the first half drop goal. So. See. A little, bit of insurance. a little bit of insurance. Sure, a bit of insurance. Um, a few texts that have come in. I said I'd get to them. Uh, we were talking about um, the, the very real possibility that a few NRL teams will be perhaps courting the idea of Roger Tuivasa-Shit going back to the NRL. I, I'd imagine when Roger left the Warriors to come and play rugby, he would have not expected but would have hoped to have played more than 20 minutes in the black jersey. Um, hasn't transpired that way. Uh, and Mike has said, wasn't there a clause on the Roger Tuivasa-Shek release from the Warriors that he only returns to the Warriors if he comes back? 
That was like reported at the time that that was, I think it was a Telegraph or someone reported that the Warriors were happy to let him go as in like not stand in his way, but the clause there would be a clause in there saying if he came back he had to play for him. But I'm not sure if that's official. Um, well, someone else, another, a different number has also said that part of us being granted an early from Warriors last year was the Warriors had first option if he wanted to return to It was just a report. It was never, they never said that officially. So You don't need official these days. Probably not. And probably right. the great man Ken said, Staffy, Roger Tuivasa-Shek is going nowhere, at least until after the World Cup. Don't listen to all that. He just isn't going, and it's fake news, and the Panthers win. 14-12. Oh, a nice nail-biter there from Ken. Um, from Mikey, Staffy sounds great at the Fox. It really is. It really is a good place here. Uh, and he says, I missed JP at the start of the week, so this may have been covered, but can you please ask him to his thoughts now on Dave Rennie's coach? Geez, he must be under immense pressure. Thanks, Mikey G. Um, yeah, I d- we did talk a little bit about Dave Rennie. Um, and Jeremy's actually met with him a few times. I think that's something good that Dave Rennie's done, having had all of his rugby experience in the New Zealand program, New Zealand coaching system, um, and he went over to Australia, and I think he's connected with a few former Wallabies, and that doesn't surprise me at all. That is very Dave Rennie to do something like that, but I will bring that up again do you with remember, JP. Do you remember um, the stat I gave you as well about comparing Dave Rennie's coaching percentage to Ian Foster's over the last 14 games or whatever? Yeah, it was this. It was basically the same. Like, yep. very, very similar. And so I find it funny that, you know, the All Blacks who have such high standards are the ones holding on to their coach and the Australians who are almost desperate for a coach uh, or a good coach um, are sort of talking about letting go of theirs. Yeah, I think if they... Uh, wasn't it if Aussie won that game well, they been, when they didn't kick it out, we would have both been 7-7? Seven and seven. No, no, we would have been 6-8. and eight. They would have been 7-7. Seven and seven. Oh, OK. Yeah, so we would have had a worse Imagine one. Imagine being 6-8. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, 6-8. Very funny. Um, so Cam Kirkwood isn't, doesn't appear to be... He may be out of the coverage area, actually. Um, Zane has asked, where do I find that $501 power play? I can't see it in the app. Or was that it's a same in, game it's multi? Not, it's in the alternate power plays, and I think it's under the uh, D power plays. So it's... Uh, oh, if they've got a whole swag of different groupings of power plays. Yeah, not, yeah, so you've got your regular power plays. Oh, that's the only ones I looked at. Yeah, no, you go regular power plays, but then you get the alternate power plays. So power plays A, B, C, and D. And this one's right down the bottom of the D one. Um <laughs> Like stupid ones like Junior Paulo to score a try, win the Clive Churchill, and the Eels win an extra time slash golden point. That's 500, 501 bucks. Eels to score four or more tries in each half, 426. Just put a dollar on all of them and hope one of them comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's not a bad tip, to be Spend honest. Spend 20 bucks and hope one Nathan of them Nathan Cleary to score the first try, and Brian Toyo to score two or more tries, 126. Well, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. I'm going to have a sprinkling of two or threes. Yeah. Um... We, uh, if you're wondering about the background noise, we're broadcasting live from the Fox, which is a now what's their little tagline? A London pub. The Fox is a London pub in the heart of the viaduct in Auckland. They are a wonderful sports bar. They are broadcasting every single, every single game in the FIFA World Cup and uh, live, irrespective of what time kickoff is. They are the sports bar of choice here in Auckland. You are on the afternoons with Staffy. We're going to Jeremy Paul very soon. Before that, I just want to give a big shout-out to Galt for helping us, whether we're in studio, on the road, anywhere. Galt.nz, 
uh, they fuel your mission all year round. And go to gold.nz and sign up for notifications. And you can either get an email or a text, and they'll tell you when they've got a big special on. And it's normally 12 sometimes 10, sometimes 15 cents off a litre, and it runs for about 36 hours. So just register, it's free, and all you do is bang in your number or your email address. So gull.nz, champions, friends of the afternoons with Staffy. Quick break on the other side. Oh, remember, if you've got a question for Jeremy Paul, he's not very well, he thinks he got the flu when he was in New Zealand, so he's at home. But as always, any questions for Jeremy Paul, I've got one about... Um, Dave Rennie, but if you've got any others you want to know from JP, text them through, double eight double three Tampa Bear Post text machine. Get your questions into him, and Jeremy Paul will join us after the break. It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. Oh, stronger. Cheaper spray and go. It's not by Jeremy Paul. It's by Lifestyle Focus. This is our Lifestyle Focus rugby update. Jeremy Paul from his sick bed in Australia, brother. I'm so sorry to hear you're not well. Bro, I lost the bladders low and I picked up the flu from New Zealand. Like, worst trip ever. Worst trip ever. No. <laughs> no. It was it's your first been time? one of those awful seasons, haven't it? Yeah, it was, it's been one of those awful f- seasons. First time back in New Zealand, I think since pre-COVID, JP. It must have been good uh, to get back to your, your Kiwi roots and um, just breathe a little bit of fresh Kiwiana air. Oh, getting back to the New Zealand, bro, was awesome. Um, wife loved it. Um, and uh, got to go to some beautiful restaurants in Auckland. Um, my God, there's just... Mate, what, what a mecca. What, what a place. Like, Auckland is just buzzing. Like, I absolutely worship being there and... Um, hated losing the game though, but uh, in Pakaranga Rugby, they were awesome. Uh, the boys looked after me, probably a little bit too much, um, and probably <laughs> too what, well. But uh, That's what got you, mate. It's not the flu. You've just got a seven-day <laughs> hangover. <laughs> oh, no, not quite. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, um, what have we got be- on today, mate? What have we, what have we got? What have we got? I've got, well, plenty, we're gonna, I've got plenty we're, to talk about. We've got... Okay, well, we've got a few questions. Let's get the questions out of the way that have come through. First one uh, was from Mikey, a uh, great man in Christchurch, saying, sounds great at the Fox. We're at a pub today, uh, JP, down at the Fox, which is a oh. sports bar down in the Viaduct, and he said he missed you at the early this week, but he's looking forward to hearing from you today. Can you ask him his thoughts now on Dave Rennie as coach? He must be under immense pressure over in Australia. It's a result-driven world, right? Like, it's it's... You're going to be under pressure when you when you have the results, but I'm really liking. I like what Dave Rennie's done. Um, I like um, the the style of rugby they're playing, um, and you got to look at with what he's been working with. Like he's he had 12 injuries going into that game. Like we have, like you got to have some common sense here. Like and he is the guy for us to take us. Sorry, mate. Um, to take us to the Rugby World Cup, like he is definitely the coach, and I trust him. And I, I mate, I've, I've, he's got a hundred percent of my backing. Um, and I think he's he's actually got the Wallabies playing a good style. When, when we've when we've had the best side on the on the pitch, we've looked really really good. Like, and, I, and I'm like liking the way he's also to brought through younger guys. So. Um, no, no, he's the guy. Look, he is under pressure, though. But just, just, just to that, 
there are people that are working within Rugby Australia that have been there. Anyone that's been over there working in there for over seven or eight years should all be sacked. Like, why are they? Why do you work for a sporting organisation who's like you've basically been contributing to the worst times ever in Australian rugby's history, but yet you've still got a job, but yet a coach? Because it's all together, right? The rugby program supports the administration, and the administration supports the rugby program. Like, why is the administration part of people? CEOs get their heads on the chopping block. But what about all the other people that are working in there, like in the high-performance unit side of things? It's, mm-hmm. it's, insa- it's absolutely insane to me. Like, I, I don't understand that. Um, I just have to pre-read this one. Uh, Staffy, could you please ask oh. Jeremy Paul, uh, and please ask him to remove his Australian eye patch before he answers, if he thinks the punishment fits the crime with regards to Darcy Swain? Oh, look, it, it was, look, I think six weeks, I oh, made he could have got eight to 12, to be honest. Um, now, by the sounds of things, he's had more damage and he potentially, I'm, I'm a big believer in the, 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 the time that you serve should also equate to how much that person has been injured, if it's foul play like that. Um, again, I will, I will back young Darcy Swain. He does play on the edge. He is a, he is a good, beautiful young kid, um, and, he, and he stuffed up. He really did. And, and I think there's no greater black hole in the world right now that's surrounding Darcy Swain. Like, I think he's, um, he, he's not that type of kid. Like, he's really not. But when you play on that edge, like, you, you're going... Like, and if you cross it, you cross it badly, don't you? Like, you, you know, you... Yeah, he got red carded with that very slight little bum kiss, like with his tap of the head, that love kiss. Like, do you remember the, the head buddy he had? Um, and look, that was again silly. Um, and he, like I said, he's, it's, I don't know, it's tall blokes, right? Anyone over six foot six, they're just angry. But, um, but again, like that was, it was, it was dumb play and it was, it was horrible play. And that's, those, those are the sort of things we don't want our kids to be doing right like and we want to and we want to protect players not only protect players heads but we want to protect players bodies so i yeah i I believe that potentially that it should have been eight to twelve weeks um because it just rules it out right for the next person yeah like you're not gonna you're not gonna do something stupid like that but in saying that i I will stick up for the kid because he is a beautiful kid and he's 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 made a mistake here. He's made a huge, huge, huge judgment error. I've uh, got two more questions. We're going to save them till the end because they're a little bit more light-hearted. But we, we learned, and uh, regular listeners will know, and it was even bore out even more on Monday, what a massive fan of rugby league you are. And it's the big grand final this Sunday. We've actually got Craig Gower coming on the show in about an hour's time. But Penrith and Parramatta, I know you've made a reservation in your lounge to watch the grand final. It's going to be a ripper. Mate, I am so pumped. Mate, I'm, I'm not just pumped about the grand final. I'm pumped about the Rugby League World Cup. Like, the Rugby League World Cup, like, the IRB better take note of this because you watch this product. Like, remember the first Rugby League World Cup in 1987? John Kerwin sprints 95 metres against Italy and scores one of the most magnificent yeah. tries ever. Um, we... we, we we are on the presence here, I reckon, of something really special with this. Because, see, the difference with rugby league 
and um, the Soccer World Cup and, and, and the Rugby Union World Cup is all the, basically 90% of all players are being, being bred here in Australia in the NRL, in the best competition in the world. So from an international point of view, because see, their international rules with respect to playing for a country, like look at the grand final. Right, like you look at you look at the grand final, and players that actually won't be playing for Australia, and playing like Dylan Brown playing for New Zealand, Mitchell Moses is going to be playing for Lebanon. Like you've got you've got all the teams in the world that are playing in the in the rugby league World Cup, um, all being born and well not born, um, well their 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 parents or grandparents in terms of where allows them eligibility for their countries. Mate, this Rugby League World Cup is going to be just... And they're all going to be NRL players. Yes. So the, the competition itself is going to be awesome. Like, mate, I am absolutely pumped. But Rugby League Grand Final this weekend, you, look, the two powerhouses, Penrith, oh, what a side, mate. What an absolute side. 13 players, mate, from last year's Grand Final is playing this weekend. 13 players. Like, you just, you don't get experience like that, man. Like, even when we went, uh, we played four grand finals in five years. And we probably had eight players at the most that had played in, in other finals at one given time. Even the Crusaders, right? Like, when they played as a 13 out of their 17, bro. And two and two eels. Only two eels have played a grand final. Yeah, only two. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and that's massive. I, like, I as a as a guy that's played grand finals, you know, you've played World Cup finals, you played Super Rugby finals. That week lead up, if you cast your mind back to your first one, and compare it to your mindset for your second, third, and fourth, it must help. Um, it, 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 there, there's no question. Like, and, and I suppose it's difficult for people to understand with respect to what's going on in their head, right? Like, it's, and, and particularly when you haven't been, like, the, the external pressure, too, that the Parramatta Eels face. You know, they've got a huge supporter base. Um, they haven't had success in a, since 84, I think, but did play in their last grand final in 2009 against the Melbourne Storm, which I lost on the chaser the other day. But um, I... Um, but I, I look at I, I look at the side though Parramatta and they've just unfortunately this year they've just shown inconsistencies of not showing up when the pressure's on and look they have that look they played incredibly well over the last couple of weeks and and that was a huge win in in North Queen like to go up to the and Cowboys beat the Cowboys at home humidity everywhere like it, it that was a big huge win and I just. I just don't know if they've gone in England themselves, where they've, you know, when England beat the All Blacks in the semi-final and then just didn't show up in the grand final against the, uh, in the Rugby World Cup final against the Springboks. And I just, I think they might have played their grand final last week, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be a massive blowout, but I think it's going to be 13 plus. I, I, the way Penrith are, are rolling, the way that they dismantled South last week. Um, they hadn't even gotten into like fourth or fifth gear yet, bro. Like they, they, they look that scary. They really, really do. And I just look up. You'd like to give the, the the eels a bit of a chance, but 
mate, they, they are just too strong everywhere. They really are. Every position, they are in the top three. Um, and that's what you need. Like the, like the World Cup, when we won the World Cup in 99, when we won Super Rugby titles, it was because across positions 1 to 15, those positions, you have to be in the top three in the competition. Like majority of the time, they're number one. But if if you because you can't have number ones from one to fifteen, right? Or like taking rugby league one to thirteen, you can't have uh, you you can't have um, the top players because of the salary cap as well. But when you look across that one to thirteen with Penrith, they are you'd almost say top two actually. Like you'd almost say top two like across everywhere. Look, young Charlie Staines has come in um, for the for the injury of of young May, which what a what a find. This 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, what a star he's going to be. So if they haven't had already established players, they've unearthed the next big thing. So, uh, look, I just think this juggernaut's going to continue and the only thing that's going to stop him is the salary cap, bro. Yeah, it is. It is. And I don't know whether you're aware of no basis on this rumour, none whatsoever, but John Kerman on TV said the other night he'd heard that the Roosters were circling to offer Roger Tuivasa Sheck uh, a door to come back in. I don't know that that's the, the door he'd choose, given that Tedesco's uh, still going to be there. But, you know, the Dolphins, maybe the Storm with a brittle Pappenhausen. You know rugby, you know rugby league, and you know elite oval ball athletes. Um, Roger Tuivasa's mindset, he's hardly getting to play at all. Uh, he's probably only got three or four years at the absolute top level. He doesn't want to be doing it on a bench and doing trainings with the All Blacks. Interesting conundrum. Mate, it is. But, uh, look, he's made a decision and, and would have realised that it was going to be a tough... And you don't get to where you got to, mate, like, by it just coming to you on a silver platter. Like, he's worked his absolute backside off to get to where he's gotten to in life with regards to his status within the game. And this is always the big decision of just crossing over. Like, it was never going to be easy. Um, I'd be incredibly surprised if he doesn't, if he does it before the World Cup. Like, he, look, he, if he has a, a super rugby season next year, if he has, uh, I think, the season he will have next year um, with super rugby and particularly with the Auckland Blues and how good they are, all this stuff, all these things that are written about him now at the moment, they all go away. And he'll be a part of this 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 rugby World Cup, and potentially be a big part of it. But I said, look, he's always going to get, he's always going to have those offers. And I think the one thing about Roger Tuivasa-Sheck as well is he's also one of those young professionals that, mate, he's he's never been a big drinker, well, never been, I think, even drunk um, or big drinker. He's always looked after his body. He hasn't had terribly major injuries. So, mate, he hasn't got three or four more years. He's got another ten years, mate. Like he can, like it's 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 ridiculous to think now the modern footy player, like with regards to the the recovery techniques, with regards to just the just the knowledge now, mate. Like because back in the day it was all about like going out and having a drink and you know like oh yeah I'll recover later, mate. It's shorten your career and the injury side of things. You you just mate, you didn't have the technology now. You didn't have the recovery process. Mate, he's he's the ultimate professional. Like I reckon the bloke could easily last for another ten, like at least another six to seven, anyway. Because you've got overseas as well, so it gives him the option to go and play in Japan. They could probably play in Japan for another twenty years. 
Like seriously, like he's just he's that good, right? Like, but I look. There's always going to be these things that are going to be rumored about him because he's like because everyone thinks that they know what he's thinking. Like, oh, he's not playing. He's 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 on the bench. He's on the outer. This is what makes and defines you as a rugby player, as well as why you get there in the end, mate. Is because these are the little steps that no one sees when you get to the top. Like, now, look, I'll be, I'd, I'd be hugely surprised if he, if he leaves. I think he's. This is sort of something that he'll look back in his career where he's got an opportunity to go. In this, and I think being a part of a squad itself would also be just as fulfilling as starting, bro. Like it really is. So I think I think another good season under Super Rugby, look, which I think he'll kill it next year. I think he'll find his feet. Um, play some play some NPC now, but have a good off season. Keep getting that body right. And, mate, no, I think he'll be electric next year. Right, five-second answers because we're late for the news. Yep. Uh, f- yep. From Cookie, Holden or Ford? Ooh, Holden. Holden. And your favourite Spice Girl from Mark? Oh, I met Baby Spice one night, so she's got to be mine. <laughs> Come on, JP. We'll talk to you next week. See you, bro. Ka kite. Jeremy Paul joins us every Friday. New sport and weather. We'll be back after that. Mark Knopfler. Correct. It is Dice Straits. It is Dice Straits. Yeah, well, Unfortunately, the Bengals just got another ah, team. Ah, 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 Phil from Hastings, he records this. I'm not going to give him the score. Okay, Phil, hush up. <laughs> uh, at the moment, in the Phil, turn your radio down because I'm about to give a score. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Miami Dolphins. Cincinnati just got a couple of touches. 14. Miami Dolphins, a couple of field goals. Six. I'm going to call Phil out here a little bit. You're going to call Israel Folau for a little bit? No, I'm going to call Phil out here. Oh. Yeah. Because it's sort of like when people get annoyed when you post something on Facebook, like a result or or something about a TV show. And they're like, oh, thanks a lot. I was hoping to watch that. And my thing is, like, if you really don't want to know a score, why are you on social media? Where literally you're going to see that score posted a lot of time. I agree, but radio is different. Well, why? He's listening to a sports radio station where we're going to be giving sports updates. You can't reasonably expect us not to talk about the NFL games. I always remember watching the darts when they were in New Zealand and the All Blacks had a test match. And at full time, I switched over the darts and MacIver gave the score to the, cra- to the crowd. That was bad. That was different. In the stadium. And that all been at the darts, recorded the rugby to watch when they get high. And the booing. 
Yeah, that was that was different. That was that he was, was quite form. fluffed after he'd, he'd done it though. That was poor form. Yeah, and I, I do love you, Phil, but um, <laughs> Roger forty two, points to six. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, twenty-nine years young, ten more years. Jeremy Paul, mate, you're dreaming. That's from Dan. I just um, yeah, I I might be late to the party here because I know you've been talking about. Roger for a number of months now. You've been eating a pie, mashed potato, peas. No, I mean as in, you've been talking about this for a number of months, Roger, you know, yeah. this transition to rugby and playing in the centres for rugby. See, my thing is, Roger was only ever going to work in union, either playing at fullback or on the wing. Fullback a lot harder because he doesn't have a kicking game. Everyone's talked about that. You've said it's okay if your centre or your second five's got a kicking game. But just overall, I think fullback and rugby, I don't know if that sort of... So I think the wing was really where Roger should have been put. Instead, we've put him in the centres, which is arguably one of the hardest positions in the back line. Um, it requires the most learning. It requires the most sort of rugby nous, I'd say. And I just don't think you pick that up Cause the th- here's, you know, coming here, from league. Here's my thoughts, and I'm no, no technician, but as a, let's say he's the right wing. Yeah. Everything happens to his left. Mm-hmm. When you're in the midfield, it's left, right, forward, and back. Yep, yeah, right. And just learn the game on the wing, and everything's. Everyone else does that. You start off out on the wing, you know, and it just, it just made sense to me that he's got a combination with the centre and himself. In midfield, he's got a combination with first five, centre, fullback, defensive lines, all of that sort of thing. Yeah, and tell me, like, if you can find any differences between a wing and union and a wing and rugby league um, union don't do those big spectacular pommel horse tries in the corner like rugby league true um, def- but no but you know in terms of people say oh well, we're under the high ball well you know in rugby league they're, they're getting those cross field kicks and they're having to defend those as well so the high ball thing you know, high, ball, high ball's a thing being your second fullback as well sometimes because if a fullback gets held up on the defensive line, one of the wings has to drop back and be fullback if, yeah. if they're caught up. Uh, it, there's a number of things. You're quite often um, the last line of defence or the first man to the breakdown. If a centre or a second five goes into contact, you're you're the first or second person to arrive at the ruck and more. You've got to know what to do there. But just midfield, just so much to learn. I'm well, not I, saying I, I, yeah, not my, my point is I think you, the transition from a rugby league winger to a rugby union winger wouldn't be that tough. Mm. Oh, tough. It is tough, but you know it, it wouldn't be as hard as going from literally because it's not a, you're not only changing sports, you're changing positions yeah. completely. Rogers never had to do what he's done at centre, even in rugby league. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, I mean, I love Roger. I think he's one of my favourite. Wa- well, he'll be up there. He's one of my favourite warriors. Both but. codes love Roger. Yeah, which he's got that. No one disrespects, dislikes, doesn't rate none of that around Roger. Mm. Everyone wants to see Roger succeed. I think even the league fans. You don't hear many league fans saying he should come back well, to the league. The league fans are saying they should play him more. I think that, that's because it'll justify him. Le- like, for me as a Warriors fan, I want him to make the All Blacks and do well so it justifies him leaving the Warriors. Like, <laughs> I'd be gutted if he just came back to league it, but didn't come back to the Warriors because I'd be yeah. like, well, we just wasted two years of you, you know? Yeah. Um, he's starting for Auckland this weekend, though, so yeah. uh, that'll be a very highly viewed uh, match and also Stephen Perifeta opposing him in the number 10 jersey. Taranaki. Mm. Actually, is Peter Gus playing in that game? I thought I, I heard someone say 
talk about Peter Gus playing in that game. Did you? I thought someone mentioned it on the phone when they rang up for Midday Madness. Yeah, nice. Uh, Jeremy Pulse just messaged us saying, I'm feeling heaps better now, thanks, bro. Thanks to a heap of medication and a chat to New Zealand. Ah, now, good. Um, Dave said here, SBW started union in the centres. But you've got to remember what position SBW came from playing rugby, rugby league. So this is my point in, in the... In, the crossover for me for Sonny Bill was that he was used to attacking a line, and, and his, his assets for at the centre in rugby union was attacking the line and getting his offloads away. That's what they wanted to use him for in union. I actually thought SBW played almost a league style when he played union in yeah. the centres. He played that sort of style. But defensively, he under, like he was used to drifting sideways, drifting sideways defense. big defence coming in. Whereas Roger, when you're playing fullback, you're obviously not shifting with your defence. And even with, when you're playing wing, you're generally shifting one or two players. You're not moving with the whole line. So um, I, I take your point, Dave, in that Sonny Bill came straight into the centres. But I think it was a lot easier for him, given the position he played in rugby league in the second row. And Scotty Logan has mentioned good point too. Roger, two of us, Sheik's the victim of the Blues' 100%. makeup. They needed a centre, not a wing 100%. in their squad. 100%. Probably the same with the All Blacks, right? We don't need so much wingers, or do we? Not really, but I'd argue we don't really... Well, we need midfielders now because we've lost Goodhue, Anton Leonard-Brown, and now um, Tapia. Mm. Um, but you still think if the All Blacks, with no Tapia, he still didn't get a start and he didn't get the bench. Yeah, they moved Geordie up, and they're still Braden Enor, and you feel like they'd rather put him in. But let's see if he makes the All Blacks 15. We're going to take a break. If you want to play Mastermind... Um, it was offered out to you. It's World Rally Championships. If you want to have a crack at that, 0800 150 811. It's not very hard. I don't follow World Rally Championships at all, and I got three out of ten. You just have to get more than two, and you're going to win the $100 Lifestyle Focus voucher. Call us now. Don't be slow. Call now, 0800 150 811, and we'll have our contestant after the break. From 1950s Southland Rugby to Irish Tiddlywinks, this is your chance to prove that you truly are a mastermind. It is mastermind. Uh, the target is two. Well, it's three. You've got to get three. Joining us to take on the World Rally Championships mastermind is Jim. G'day, Jim. Well, g'day, Steffi. I didn't realise I was getting on, mate. He just said, stay on hold, and that was the last I heard. So it's you. It's you. You only got two. Well, I know nothing about rally. Hey, before we start, though, Steffi, that thing about the, the baseball home run, the catch, that can't be right, mate, because I watched it on the news last night, and a guy went to try and catch it with a glove over the brick wall. It, he missed it. It hit the brick wall. He actually turned and threw his glove at the poor guy behind him because he was peed off missing it. So unless that woman's husband was in the dugout below and caught it off the brick wall, which doesn't count as catching on the fall anyway, does it? No. Oh, well, Sam's going looking for it. He's going looking for it. Um, oh, anyway, well, you're going to get two minutes yep. on the clock. Uh, you can pass yep. if you're not sure, and I'll come back to it. You all set? Yeah, thanks, Stephanie. Righto, start the clock, Niv. All righty, who has the record for the most World Drivers' Championships in the WRC? Mika Hakkinen. Sebastian Loeb. Which Formula One driver has a father who won two World Rally Championships in 90 and 92? Sebastian, Sebastian Loeb. 
No, he should have been your first one. It's Carlos Sainz. Uh, which World Rally Championship event did Hayden Patton famously win? Which country? I'm going to say Australia. Argentina. Uh, Sebastian Ogier is a rally driver from which country? Sebastian Ogier. Brazil. France. Which World Rally Championship event is dubbed the Grand Prix of Rallying and the Grand Prix on Gravel? Which country's rally? Um, Sweden. All close, Finland. Uh, name one of the two UK-based drivers to win WRC Drivers' Championship. Um, the WRC returns to New Zealand this weekend. When was the last time it was held in New Zealand? Ooh, uh, Ninety, no, 2016. 2012, again close. Which driver won that event in 2012? Did you have a guess? Possum born. Oh, Sebastian Loeb, you were all around it. And the past <coughs> one was uh, the UK drivers was Richard Burns and Colin McRae. One of those two could have been it. Not today. T- today's not your day, Jimmy. No idea about um, rally at all, Staffy, but sometimes no one rings through anyway, so I just thought I'd go a chance. You only got two, I might have a chance, but, but yeah. no. Thanks, Eddie. No worries. Love, and love the show, mate. Good on you, buddy. Good to have you as a listener too, Jim. Um, that was Jim having a crack. So our winner came from the other day, which was... Tuesday. Can't remember his name, but I tell you what, two, uh, a score of two to win Mastermind, that is pretty low. That is record breaking stuff. Mark, um, luckily we've got the vault coming in next week. We have got the vault coming in next week. What we've got coming up now is a break, and Sam has gone into the uh, records on the internet. Uh, we'll find out what the true story is and whether he's winding against up after the break. What happens? Next. Yes, an opportunity to win a $50 TAB bonus bet is up for grabs now. We are live at the Fox down at the Vida. Come say hi. Uh, our show and the run home as well. Kimberly Downs is here. Beaver not far away. Righto, Niv, what have you found for us? I have Hurry. found this. Just give me a second. Okay, I'll give you a second. One. Here we go. 12 minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3 0. Call it, take it quickly. G, and nearly knocked me GNT off the table. That would have been disastrous. Uh, what happens after that? 12 minutes to go 3 0 to Liverpool. Do you know, know what it? Do you is. know it, Sam? I do know what it is. I yeah. thought you I might. I know what it is. Staffy Just play does it. it one more time. All right. Play it one more time. Let's play it one more time. 12 minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3-0. Corner taken quickly. Corner taken quickly. Yeah. Well, it ain't going to be 4-0. It ain't going to be 4-0. Hmm, interesting. Um, Potentially. I don't... Oh, oh, look, I, look, all I know is it's 3-0 to Liverpool. It's football, so you, you're in the right... I, al- track, I always think of one thing... I know, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. When it's 3-0 in football. Yeah. 
But, it, I, but I think it, the 3-0 I'm thinking of was Manchester United down 3-0. No, no, it was Liverpool, but that was AC Milan-Liverpool back in 05. Mm. And there was a truckload of goals miracle at the end. Miracle at, at Istanbul. Correct. Yeah, 05. Um, so my guess is the miracle at Istanbul. Right, OK. Double eight, double three, four, eight, fifty dollars bonus bet. Yeah. yeah. That would have been Get a good involved. one. Uh, uh, that's not it though, is it, Niv? No, you, you got the right team, obviously, because it was in the commentary, but uh, it's it's a little bit later than 2005, and or the commentary will give you tingles. All right, text us, double eight, double three, Temper Bear Post, text machine, you're on Afternoons with Staffy, live from the Fox, a London pub in the Bayrak. Thank you to Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Stick with us after three, looking forward to chatting with a former grand final winner, Craig Gower from Penrith. But get your texts in with your guesses. back in the midst of what happens next Sam I had no idea what do you reckon happened next uh, we'll just get you played again one more time for us Niv for minutes to go in normal time Liverpool 3-0 call it take it quickly Origi Divock Origi so they were up 3-0 uh, that put them up 4-0 and they were down I think they had to win by four goals or more on goal differential against was this against Barcelona I think in the Champions League, what, two years ago, three years ago? Um, corner taken quickly by Trent Alexander-Adel. Divock Origi hits the goal. And this is the Liverpool commentary. So they go absolutely mental. And then at the end of the game, they start singing, you'll never walk alone. The guy gets tears in his eyes. It's iconic. You're All right, you're iconic. right on the money. Um, 2019 semi-final comeback. Here we go. 12 minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3-0. Corner taken quickly, Origi! There you have it. There it is. Well done. There you go, Steph. Someone, someone would have won it on the text machine. Yeah, Sam Hewitt text in. I see. No, he didn't. He's not allowed to win. Uh, Niv has picked out the winner. It's a, it's a new number, actually, so I can't tell you who it is, but Niv will get in touch with you. Now, earlier this morning, very soon, actually, we're going to catch up with Craig Gow, former Penrith Panther, grand final winner himself. But before that, early this morning, I caught up with Darren Williams, as I do on a weekly basis from Addington. We're encroaching very quickly on Cup Week down at Addington. Uh, as I say, caught up with him this morning, and here's the chat. S-E-N-Z. Every week we talk to Darren Williams. We're a week closer to a carnival of racing down at the Home Harness. It is Addington, and the horses are getting up. They're getting ready. They're going to peak for that, that magnificent week in November. Uh, he joins us now down out of Addington. G'day, Darren. Yeah, g'day, Steph. How are you going? Very well. Uh, every time there's an Addington meeting between now and Cup Week, we should really stand up and take take notice. Uh, what's happening at Addington this week? Look, it's a beauty tonight. We've got 12 races, unbelievably. Um, the Canterbury Classics, the feature race, it's the lead-up race, one of the feature lead-ups to the New Zealand Cup. Uh, that race, along with the Ashburton Flying Stakes, probably seen as the two real 
um, major Group 2 races that lead up. The New Zealand Cup quite often comes out of this race. Uh, the New Zealand Cup winner quite often comes out of this race, but most of the horses are racing this weekend. If they're not here, there's a couple of them starting in Australia, like Coffee Lab, who race, goes around on Saturday night at Melton in the Smoking Up race. Uh, but we've got, we've got a, a really beaut set of fields tonight. We've got, obviously, the Cam- Canberra Classic with all of the big guns there. We've got a handicap trot that sees the reigning um, Harness Horse of the Year Sunday Sun resume in that race with Muscle Mountain, a bit the Inter Midnight Dash, so a really good race. And the second favourite for the New Zealand Cup, the three-year-old Akuta, has his second start for the season. After beating the open-class horses, mm. he lines up in the Lazarus Stakes, a three-year-old race. So he drops back to three-year-old company tonight. So in the space of four races, we've got four, uh, three big features, and the rest of the cards is packed with quality as well. So it's a, it's a mini version of what you'll see on Cup Day with a whole lot of these features. Yeah, that Akuta, I remember hearing people talking about that horse last week and they were saying, I might need this one, might need this one just to, you know, just to tighten it up, I think was the phrase. He absolutely destroyed them. Uh, if he's better than his last start, um, he's a scary looking proposition. Yeah, look, the margin wasn't great, but he did all the work. He had to sit parked and race around those horses as a younger horse. In the real terms, he would have been four, the same as those horses that have won previously at four. Uh, but it was his first run back, and horses like Elta Wise Guy sat in the trail the whole race, got up the passing lane, and he still managed to beat them. Uh, Mark Purden did say that he expected that he would improve with the run, as as anyone would expect. You know, first up, these horses are big, big dancers, cut day. Um, but to be fair, Mark has still not committed to a New Zealand Cup campaign. He's got derbies on, on the cards for him. He's got a Harness Millions race, which is like a version of the Karaka Millions, if you like. Uh, to come before the New Zealand Cup. So he's just going to take stepping stones each time, just jump on the next stone and see what happens. Uh, he'll go around tonight. He's thirty. He's very short. And his big dance will be the Ashburton Flying Stakes back against the um, the best in the country. And that'll probably be the, the ticket that decides whether he'll end up in the New Zealand Cup or not. He's very capable of being in the New Zealand Cup. There's no doubt about that. And as I say, he's the second favourite. But it'll just depend on the options that are there, um, he's got a lot before him. He's only a young horse and, and there's always cups to come. But I'd love to see him there for his owner, Ian Dobson. He's, um, his health's just a bit indifferent at the moment and he owns Sakuta and also Muscle Mountain who will go around in the Renwick Farms Dominion on show day. To, so, so to have two horses of that calibre for one owner, outstanding stuff. Yeah, and he's a real gentleman, uh, Ian Dobson, as well. Uh, just before we leave that Akuta race, one of my favourite young horses is up against it in Republican Party. It's drawn inside. It just looks match race written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, look, but gee, there's some talent in this race, but one thing to note about Republican Party, the Inter-Dominion nominations closed for Melbourne's Inter-Dominion, which will be run just after the Zealand Cup meeting. Uh, this week, and there's a number of horses that have not appeared in the nominations. Mark Curtin hasn't nominated any horses at all for the Inter-Dominions, but Republican Party was actually one of the nominations alongside Crew for Cran and Chrissy Delgetti. So you take a line through that, he's probably going in the right direction, and as you say, he hasn't done anything wrong either. I think that's that's one of the real exciting races. Admittedly, Coot uh, is very short in the market, but uh, Nathan Williamson's got a lot of time for Sandwave as well. Um, and then add to that, you've got the horse that won the two-year-old version of the Harness Millions Magic 4 for John Dunn, 
and also Franco Mack, who was very impressive last week for the Burton uh, Cullen team as well. So it's a it's a really good race. There's only eight of them there, but gee, they're good horses. Mm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks. You mentioned about the prospect of Australian horses coming over for Cup Week and one named Rock and Roll Do, which is only an Australian can name a horse that. Um, what's the prospects of some Australian visitors? Have they booked tickets? Well, we've got three or four nominated, but the one that's jumped out of the ground is Rock and Roll Do. Um, the week after nominations closed, he caused a massive upset, beating the favourites. I think he won at $38 um, and went a mile rate of 150 beating Copy That and a number of other high-class, open-class horses. Since then, he's had one more run back, and he beat them senseless in the Kilmore Cup. Um, so since nominations closed, he's won two open-class group races. He'll go around in the Victoria Cup next week, but the connections have indicated unless anything's wrong, win, lose, or draw in the Victoria Cup, he will still be coming. They're right at the point of making accommodation bookings for themselves. So uh, the horse will be staying with Chrissy and Crandall Getty, um, and in all indications are, unless anything goes wrong, that he'll be here for the second Tuesday in November. Fantastic. And uh, an update, as we always do, tickets, can we still get in? Yep, so there's still general admission for sale. Um, the Bacardi on the green area is rising towards capacity, so getting in there early for those would be the best thing to do if you're wanting one of those tickets. As we say, that area will definitely sell out. GA will take a little bit longer, as it normally does, but we are very confident that there won't be GA on sale on the day either. Um, and there is, I've just checked with the events team, there is a handful of tables scattered across the place uh, for hospitality, including the Silks and Saturn area, which is in uh, the Silks Lounge, the second floor of the stand glass in area, and there's an all-inclusive price, I think about 410 or something there for drinks and food all day. So probably one of the best views in the house. Magnificent. Any view in Cup Day is, is good, but if you can make it just that little bit better, um, why not? Because it'll be a memory you'll have for a lifetime. Hey, Darren, always good to chat with you. I'll be keeping a keen interest. It's a rainy Auckland here today and tonight, so I'm going to be parked up in front of trackside and seeing if I can find some, some winners for me. Uh, I know it's a month out, but maybe a couple of long-range bets in the Cup. I see Rock and Roll Do's paying $11 to win the New Zealand Cup. Might be Now might be the good time to take it. It got him from 26 staff over the weekend just with that win in the Kilmore Cup. So oh. it has plummeted in and it could end up in single figures. Mm. I think one of one of the things that people are parking up tonight, obviously the SEN survivors are a thing that people can participate for nothing and, and win a table potentially for New Zealand Cup Day for 10 people. And the TAB power plays are always a great option. So when you've got a favourite like Akuta, There'll be options there for a tutor to win and another one to run top four or top three. Mm. Those sort of bets, um, I think the TAB are doing a really good job with that sort of information that's out there. It just gives you a different lens on the race if you want to have a, a more exotic fixed odds bet. Sure does. Darren from Addington, thank you so much, buddy. We'll, we'll keep in touch as uh, the good horses keep showing us their form and we the anticipation around Cup Week is palpable. I can't wait. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, you're on the afternoons with Steffi, thanks to Gull. Uh, and we are live from the Fox, a wonderful sports bar down here on the Viaduct. And joining us now is a man that's used to this time of the year with the pressure of the final. He captain Penrith to a grand final victory in 2003. Craig Gower joins us. G'day, Craig. G'day, boys. How are we? We are fantastic. But how are you feeling? Like, what a ride, what a journey this 
Penrith club has been on this season. You must have been so proud of what they've been putting out. Yeah, it's been an amazing year for them. You know, you, know, you look back over the last couple of years, it's, it's certainly been the side to, to beat. And, um, you know, they've done all the right things. They've, they've had things go, go their way. Uh, you know, they had a lot of young guys come through and get blooded this year, which has been great for the club. And they've had a lot of success as well uh, throughout the club. So uh, now it's just uh, to get the first guy over the line now. It's been an incredibly successful season for the organisation. I mean, the three, the three grades underneath the age groups, the uh, the reserve grade, and now the main team, overwhelming favourites. And and I think even with your Penrith hat on, they've been the best club this season. Um, speaks volumes for the organisation itself too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and it just shows you that you know you put the work into the pathways, which um, you know. It, 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 by a team these days, it's just too hard, and um, uh, you know, because obviously, yeah, you know, you're paying overs for guys, and you know, when you get young guys coming through, they're obviously not on that much sort of money, and then they're, they're there to prove themselves. And when they do, then it starts to bite you in the cap, and uh, that certainly has done that with Penrith. And um, but fortunately enough, we've, we've had enough players to come through and and fill the, the, the void that those guys have left, and. Uh, I'll have to do that next year as well with, with the losses that they're going to have. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that actually because you know Melbourne had uh, a wonderful run in the in the premiership and uh, they managed to have a have a saloon a lot of guys through because there must be a, a time when a player that might be on like two hundred fifty thousand and all of a sudden he's being offered five and six hundred thousand. But where's the tipping point? Do you think between playing for a team that's successful and then playing for a little bit more money. There must, there must be a line there. Uh, it's up to the individual, you know, what actually, you know, pushes them to succeed. Is it the, the financial, the games, or is it actually, you know, winning games and being competitive? You know, that, that varies between between um, players because of their situations, their, their families and, and all the rest of it, you know. Obviously, with the Polynesian guys, they're, they look after their families, you know, from, from what I understand. And, um, you know, that, you know, from what I know that, you know, their parents are going in there negotiating. So that certainly, you know, certainly affects it because, you know, that's, more, that's all about money. You know, and uh, sometimes it gets a bit of a situation. But uh, as I said, it's each their own. And, and um, you know, when guys start to, to play, play well and, and be in a successful side and, and the rest of it, then. You know, clubs are coming because you know they, they that know that they they come through a good system and just like you know previously with Melbourne, you know most players that come out of Melbourne they've, they've been in a great system and you know they're, they're flourished everywhere they go. So um, it's just like that with uh, Penrith at the moment. Just as, as captain in two thousand and three, we've been talking a lot on the station all week about how Penrith have been uh, finalists, they've been champions in recent years. I think there's 13 returning players from the successful campaign from last year. Grand final week itself, it's different than any other week and it could be a hindrance for Parramatta. And I think as much as you say, yeah, we know, we're we're ready for it, unless you've actually been through it. Tell us... Is it a tricky week to navigate uh, not being on the footy field and doing these lunches and breakfasts and dallyums and, and all of that? Is, is it a tough week? Yeah, no, good question. You know, for, for our side, it wasn't. You know, we, we thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience of, 
you know, what grand final week uh, brought. And that's the way you have to do it because the opportunity doesn't come around just too often. And some people say you need to lose one to win one. But, that, you know, I think that's a lot of load of crap, you know. It's, um, it's, it's the individuals that, that decide you got, what, what beliefs they got in themselves. And uh, at that particular time when we were playing it, you know, we had the, the ultimate belief and the ultimate confidence in, in our ability and, and being able to get the job done. And I think that showed. I showed in the sheds before and we'll, everyone was really relaxed and, and just, just loving the moment. And, um, you know, like that's the, that's the stuff you really want to try and bottle, but, you know, it's so hard to do. Um. Going back to your era, Roosters were the finalists in 02, then again in 03, and, and in many ways it mirrors Penrith and the Eels this year. What did they do right coming up against the team that had already been there the year before and knew how to win it? Oh, let's get back to the belief in, in what, we, what we were doing at the, at the time. Um, you know, Roosters were a great side, you know, but we were minor premiers um, at the time, so we uh, effectively, we, uh, you know, our season was just a great season altogether. So we didn't come from the clouds, you know. We were up the we're up the top there, and um, you know that's uh, with the Parramatta. They're going to have external pressure. That's how that, that's how it is. But that's how you you accept it and how you deal with it as a as a footy team. And um, if they can get over that, well, they're, they're a chance. But uh, you know, obviously, I'm a Penrith boy, and I'll, I'm 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 thinking that we're going to have a Penrith victory because just with the, the class that we have got in that that team and. Um, you know, they're pretty fresh, you know, like Mason hasn't played many games this year. Uh, mm. You know, he'd be looking out there to, to establish himself as, you know, one of the all-time great halfbacks, you know, in the game, it's just let alone, you know, Penrith. So, you know, winning, winning back-to-back grand finals, you know, no team has, has done that since the Broncos. So, you know, it just shows you what, what sort of a classy team it, it is. And, but they're going to have to be at their best. And, and you know, likewise, it's going to be the big moments that, that players will have to come up with to, to um, you know, give them side a chance of victory. And, you know, you know, referring to ourselves, you know, Sat come up with that massive tackle on Toddy Byrne, you know, that, that, that changed the whole game. And, and then we had three massive plays and um, to, to lead to tries, and, and that was the game. So it just shows you that there's not many moments out there, but whoever takes them um, will, will win the game. Yeah, looking at the Penrith side, it's just it's beautifully balanced with game breakers and then your absolute tradesmen that roll their sleeves up and get the job done. But if you were looking at the Eels lineup with a Penrith cap on, areas you think they might be able to be exploited as as the guy that ran the attack for the Panthers, where are you looking to exploit the Eels? Uh, well, it's going to be Nathan's kick game, I, I think. Uh, they're pretty strong across the, across the park, but uh, you, you know, with with Wackel Blake under, underneath the high ball, he's, he's been very shady over the last few weeks. And you know, certainly, you know, if he if they put one up to, to him and he drops it, you know, the confidence is going to go down, and and that that's going to be an area that you know I'm sure they'll focus on. Um, but one way to combat that, I think Gutho is going to sort of stand in his pocket and have Sivo just fan around just to, to cut off the space. Uh, that's one way to sort of combat that as well. So, uh, you know, there's so many forms of attack from, from Penrith. So through Yowie, through the middle, you know, they've got Nathan, Luai. You know, they've they got class across the park. So, you know, they're not one-dimensional in the way they play. And uh, I'm sure that they're going to throw a lot at uh, Parramatta. 
Do the team of 03 in that era, do you, do you have a network? Do you have a WhatsApp group? Do you have get-togethers? Will, will you be joining each other for the grand final and, and uh, relive some of the past glories and, and the build-up with a couple of frothies and maybe some fish and chips or something while the game's getting ready to go? How, how do you spend grand final day? Yeah, there'll be no fish and chips, uh, let's just say that. But we are, we are getting together uh, t- tomorrow, actually. So the, we, we try and get together every, every uh, like the day before grand final every year. Because obviously guys have got commitment from the day and the rest of it. But um, no, we're excited to catch up. We haven't, obviously, with COVID and the rest of it, we haven't caught up for a number of years. So it's certainly, um, you know, certainly good to see the boys and, and, you know, obviously see how they're going and family-wise. You know, you're not that close as, you know, as mates, mates, but... You know, yeah. when we get when we get together, like it's just like we were together, you know, yesterday. You know, so it's just a, it's a great feeling to, to see the guys and and see you know how they're travelling in life and, and family and all the rest of it. Had a few text messages while we've been chatting, Craig, saying it's great to hear from you again, and uh, a lot of people just saying, "What are you up to now? Are you still involved with the game at all, or what's your nine to five? Uh, nine to five. I'm in the construction game. I'm in the pumping concrete pumping game, and. Um, Sort of just fell into it. I was, I was sort of floating around a little bit. Uh, you know, it's sort of hard when you you finish football that you you know you sort of love doing. Just, you know you start again because you know I, I never I've never worked before, so it's, um, it's been a, it's, a, it's a bit different. You know what I mean? But um, you know I've been doing that stuff with some uh, the flag, but then COVID hit, so I'm going to try and get in just you know floating in and doing doing a little bit here and there and see how I enjoy it and stuff. But, you know I, I miss the, the camaraderie with the boys and. And the rest of it, you, you, you never, you never miss that. And and also, you know, you know, it's hard to find that adrenaline after after playing for so long. And you know, there's no other feeling than running out in the football field in front of thousands of people. Um, and you don't get that after after you. you know, it's um, yeah, it's, it's like most most players. We, we I think we struggle a little bit, but um, you know, if you have the right network around you and so forth, it's, you know, you can uh, navigate yourself the way uh, way through it. Oh, it's good Good that you've come out the other side of all of that, Craig. I, mean, I know a lot of players are battle with it, and um, Palmer Concrete could have been worse things to do, mate. Um, I know I know you'll pick Penrith, but we've been having uh, an on-air competition with the listeners today to, to pick a team, to pick a score, and to pick an any-time try scorer. Who would you go for? Uh, I'm going uh, Penrith and Dylan Edwards for school. Yep. And you want to know a score, do you? Is that yep. right? Yeah. Yep. I'm thinking, say, 24. 24. I missed the other one. 24-12 to Penrith. 24-12 to Penrith. Righto. Well, mate, I'm stoked, and the listeners are stoked uh, to hear from you. It's a really cool part of the time. We love celebrating the past, and it's good that we, you'll be celebrate, uh, celebrating the present with your former teammates getting together tomorrow. I reckon that's... That's really cool. Thanks. Thanks heaps for your time today, Craig. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. And how's big uh, Rocky going? Rocky, blue oh, player going. Big, going well, big, big Ross Filippo, of course, a former teammate back in France. He's, uh, he's coaching the Waikato uh, provincial team here. Uh, they'd been yep. unbeaten until two weeks ago, and they've just had two, two losses on the trot, but still well in the hunt for the semi-final. So he'll get them up again. Right. Don't worry about that. Yeah, lovely. I'll tell you what's a little low anyway. Thanks very much. Yeah, I will, Craig. Thanks, buddy. Jeez, Craig buddy. Gowan, no worries. skipper of the Penrith Panthers to t- take them to the title in uh, 2003. Yeah, and he played for, now I'm pretty sure it was Bayonne. They played together in France.
and Craig Gow played first five, and he actually naturalised and ended up playing uh, rugby union for Italy as well. Um, and then went to London Broncos, uh, played for a long, long time, Craig Gow, and it was great to hear from him as well. So we're coming up, or actually we're just a little bit after news time. I see Kimberly Downs is in the house, no sign of uh, Beaver yet, but Manai Stewart from Waimati, he's here as well. Uh, We will take a break, and before we finish, we're going to catch up with Nick Davis when we head across the ditch. But just for now, let's go to new sport and weather. Passing a coolio who features predominantly there, Sammy. That would have been just about in your wheelhouse as a young fella, or was it my house as a young No, no, no. Yep, one of the iconic tunes. Always gets busted out at a 90s party um, (laughs) and a winning dance floor sometimes. Um, You were born in the 90s, weren't you? Yeah, so... But like a lot of those songs transitioned into the early 2000s. You could put that on a party nowadays and it'd it'd still roll. Yeah, probably. Um, Some people saying, where's my NPC multi? Here it is. There we go. Here it is. This week's... Oh, geez, pen in the headphones. Uh, this week's NPC multi staffs. It's not paying as much as it has in the past, but I've got an option for my last leg. In fact, let's make it the first leg because it's tonight's game. Hawks Bay Tasman. I was going to go Tasman, right, at about the 240 mark because I knew they were getting Lester, Whaingunuku, and Sevu Reese back. But they're on the bench. They're on the bench. So you take your choice. I've gone Hawks Bay. $1.52. A little bit more conservative, but if you think Tasman, and I guess if they're on the bench, they can have half an hour each. I can't believe they haven't started them. So you can take Hawks Bay or Tasman if you want, but for the sake of this exercise, I'm going Hawks Bay. Southland are playing Harbour. Southland at home coming off a win. There is a point start option here. Southland getting 18.5 points start. The Josh Beckhuis, who was the Property Brokers Masterclass recipient this week, he leads the Southland side, and one thing Southland have got, ticker, no quit. They play the 80. That's three converted, it's two converted tries and a try handicap. I think Southland can get over that last game of the season. They get a fantastic crowd down there in the deep south. I say Southland can stay within 19 points of North Harbour. As good as Harbour are, and they've got game breakers, Southland should stay within 18 and a half. Auckland versus Taranaki. Taranaki have been disappointing this year. They've had the odd moment of uh, very good rugby. Now, I know Stephen Pettifet is back, and he is a wonderful, wonderful player. He's in the pivotal, pivotal position of first five, which normally I'd say is a plus, but he hasn't played there much. Auckland, I'm going to take Auckland minus 10.5. I think, I think they can beat Taranaki by 11 or more. That's at $1.85. Waikato against Bay of Plenty. I think Waikato find find their form again that we've seen up until the very disappointing Ranfurly Shield Challenge and also the disappointing game against Otago. It was Otago that beat them, I think it was, yes. Uh, semi-finals and home semi-finals are on the line here. Uh, they're at $1.55. I think they refine their mojo. If they refine their mojo, I think they dispatch Bay of Plenty. So, I'm going Hawks Bay, but you're welcome to take Tasman. Southland getting 18.5 start. Auckland minus 10.5, so they have to win by 11 or more. And Waikato head-to-head against Bay of Plenty. That's my four-leg NPC. Comes out to just under $8.10 on that wins, 80. But feel free to add or subtract... The one I'm a bit more dodgy about is the Hawks Bay-Tasman one. 
I also think Manawatu can beat the point start, but I'm going to keep that out of multi. I just don't want to hex anything. Anything to do with anything. What is the point start up with Manawatu? It's high. It's 14, I think, Sam. Actually, do you know what, Ben? What is the um, point start on Parramatta? Uh, Eight. Is it eight? Yeah, it's getting out there, eh? Anything over six in rugby league, it's worth a look, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean... Someone asked me this morning, and, and I could... I'm picking Penrith 13+, plus, but I can see any result, of course. It's sport, it's a grand final, anything can happen. If the Parramatta's... If the Eels are on their game, like they can be, then um, they'll, they'll, they'll win the game. But I think they played the grand final last week. I think they were lucky to beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys won all the stat departments, except for the scoreboard, and I think that's uh, not going to happen on, uh, on Sunday evening. You're stat. on the page. What's the point start? Uh, good point. Quickly, quickly. Off the power plays. Eight and a half points. Eight and a half, yeah. And the Manawatu one is 13 and a half. I think it was 14 and a half yesterday when I had a look. So there's my multi. Hawks Bay, Southland plus 18 and a half. Auckland minus 10 and a half. And Waikato head to head. We are having a break. Uh, we're live from the Fox, the London pub on the Viaduct. After the break, we're catching up with Nick Davis. Nick Davis from SEN in Australia. Yes, welcome back. Coming to you live from the Fox down on the Viaduct. The run home will be coming at you in about 15 minutes. Kimberly Downs and hopefully Beaver. Stephen Donald not in the premises yet, but uh, heading across to Australia, I'm imagining I'll hear Nick Davis any moment. Not hearing him yet. Can't even see him, actually. Usually see him on my little... There. Video screen. There he is. Is that him? I got you. I got you too. How are you, mate? I missed you last week. Yeah, you did. You did. I, I was away last week, and I can't even remember why. Why was I away last <laughs> week? I uh, can't remember. I was away on Friday, but there you go. Um, how have you been, mate? Like, you've had a week to get over the grand final, the AFL grand final. You okay? Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I was able to process it during the game, Staffy. What was happening, it was, <laughs> it was over pretty early, but um, it was one of those ones where uh, one side probably didn't bring their best and one side were absolutely outstanding. And uh, an 81-point <laughs> grand final victory uh, for Geelong. And look, sometimes, and it might happen this weekend too, where you can just uh, overlook the, the blatantly obvious it, but uh, Geelong were, look, 15 in a row at that stage and was a form team in the competition and they were too good. And uh, congratulations to them. And their, their legendary skipper, four-time premiership player, uh, the most AFL finals played, uh, gets to retire on a winning note. So, uh, yeah, well done to Geelong. They were too good. I read during the week, and I've got absolutely no standing or sway on this opinion, but people were saying Collingwood, Geelong would have been a better final. Now, I feel mean asking you that as a former Sydney Swan. What are your thoughts on those remarks? Uh, oh, look, I think you just maybe, who knows, they might have done the same same thing to, to Collingwood as well. I think uh, mm. I think everyone going into the grand final thought that the matchup was going to be was pretty good. I think you had two the best two teams the teams that have won the most games in the back half of the year, along with Collingwood. So there's probably three teams there that were really in good form. And um, it's just one of those days, mate. I think, uh, look, who knows, maybe Geelong might have done the same thing to Collingwood as well. Um, you may not, not realise how intrinsic the NRL is over in New Zealand. We're coming to you <clears throat> live from a bar down on the Viaduct in Auckland with an NRL preview show. We've had former... 
Penrith captain Craig Gow just joined us not long before you actually and it's amazing you know the Warriors haven't been there for quite some time but we always find out that the New Zealanders it's either Penrith or it's Parramatta we always pick a side it's a bit like state of origin I don't quite get it but Kiwis froth the NRL final what's the what's the sentiment over there where are people sitting are they sitting with the favorites or are they sitting with the underdogs the Parramatta Eels well, pretty much sitting with Penrith, partly because of the Ivan Cleary connection. You know, he coached the Warriors, played for the Warriors. Um, Nathan Cleary was born in New Zealand, so we, we try and find any intrinsic link. But if the Eels win, it'll be because of Isaiah Papali'i and all the other Kiwis in there. The thing we're really looking forward to, though, is the Rugby League World Cup, mm. because the Kiwis have got an amazing-looking squad. And so of Samoa, I think the Kiwis can take the Aussies at the World Cup of Rugby League. Yeah, they have. They've got uh, they've got a really really potent squad. Uh, I did see Joseph Manu uh, doing some running actually the other day. So for all the Kiwi fans, they'll be really happy that that he's up and about and, and uh, looking to be able to to play in most of the games there. Uh, it, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a really fascinating World Cup once we get over this grand final on Sunday. Look, you got the not only you've got the Aussies, but the Kiwis, but you've got the side that Samoa have been able to put together. On paper, they look like they can do damage to anybody. Tell me about the catchment areas of Sydney. I don't know the geography of it really well. Parramatta versus Penrith. How far away are they from each other? How different are the two, the two areas of Sydney? Uh, they're not that far away. They're both out in the west of Sydney. Parramatta is, uh, is probably geographically the centre of Sydney. Uh, everyone thinks that you know, the Sydney city is the centre, but geographically Parramatta is the centre of, of Sydney. Uh, so it's a pretty dense sort of area. There's plenty of, plenty of things happening around Parramatta. It's near Rose Hill Racecourse, and of course Stadium is okay. nearly pretty much in the, in the centre of, um, of Parramatta there. And, uh, and then you've got a little bit further west at the foot of the mountains uh, before you head up and... Uh, over the, the Blue Mountains, you have Penrith, which is uh, you know, a real working-class area. and uh, they, They're real, they're, they're true rugby league communities uh, in Sydney, Staffy, if, if I'm really going to uh, identify them as anything. They've got really, you know, they're the heartland of, of rugby league. They've got great junior catchments and uh, plenty of participation in the game of rugby league. So you've got two really big fan bases and, and two passionate fan bases. One, one fan base that... Their team won last year in, in Penrith and you got the other fan base that they're the team that hasn't won in I think thirty odd years in Parramatta. So it's gonna be a two two great fan bases to, to hopefully cheer on a really good game. And is it blue collar versus white collar or a bit of a mix? Ah, a bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit of everything out there. It's going to be, uh, you're going to see, the, there's going to be lots of sides. They, what they are is they are passionate. Uh, the, two, yeah. the two sides over here, they are passionate. Uh, the, the colours will be worn proudly by both sides. And uh, as I said, you've got a side that's, that's fresh off success and a side that's been starved of success. So um, hopefully uh, the game can live up to what it's going to be. What are your thoughts on the game, mate? What do you, who are you leaning to? Uh, in regards to winning, uh, and who do you think the, the key playmakers are for both sides? Oh, look, definitely for me, Nathan Cleary. Um, I can't believe how poised and how relaxed and how complete a player he is given his, well, not youth really, but um, he's just a complete player to me and just seems to make all the right decisions. Me, me and Sam Hewitt, who's our lead commentator, actually my producer, we've both been saying Penrith all week. 
Um, we've both said 13 and over. I just think it's going to be probably one in the first five minutes, but kick away, kick away in the final 20. So we're sort of picking a 12 to 16 point margin of victory for Penrith, Brian Tootall to feature um, scoring tries. But yeah, we, I think if you asked 20 Kiwis, 20 league fans over here, I think 15 would pick Penrith. Yeah, that's sort of the way it's leaning over here too, mate. I think sometimes you can, yeah, you can steer away from the bleeding obvious, and uh, hopefully for those Parramatta fans that they can break the premiership drought. And uh, for me, if it is going to be them, I think I think it's Gutho. I think he's the man that might be able to. He's a big game player. He's an emotional player. He's obviously very skillful. He knows what he's doing, but he's a he's an emotional player. And if he can keep his side in it early and uh, and they're not bad front runners, uh, Parramatta. So hopefully, uh, King Gutho, he might be the man. If 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 uh, if Parramatta are to get the win, it might be Gutho that uh, that gets the job done for them. Beautiful, Nick. Well, Nick Davis, it's been good to catch up with you. I have to go because my Wagyu beef burger has just arrived, and I cannot let it go cold. Mate, enjoy over there. Looks like a really <laughs> good long lunch over there, or sounds like a good long lunch over there, mate. Enjoy rugby league grand final weekend, and we'll talk soon. Jeez, Nick, brilliant. Nick Davis there, former Sydney Swan. We'll take a break. Beavers arrived. Beavers arrived at the Fox. What is that? Eight minutes before his show is due to kick off. Stick with us, though, before we hand over to Beav and Kimberly Downs. We'll take you back in the day. Ah, oh, what a day it's been down here. And uh, at the Fox on the Viaduct, and Kimberly and Stephen Beaver Donald are here ready to take over the the rains and they'll be with you from 4 till 7 but let's have a look back in the day to September 30, 1979, Jody Schechter became the first South African to win a World Formula 1 Drivers' Championship when he finished 4th at the Canadian Grand Prix finished the season with 51 points for, uh, for ahead of Jules Villeneuve from Canada and on this day in 2000 Michael Johnson's Olympic career came to a triumphant end when he led the 4x4 relay in Sydney what an athlete Oh, what an athlete he was. He had the long back and the short legs, the old 60-40, I called them. An unbelievable running style. If you've never seen Michael Johnson run, YouTube him. Brilliant. And what a lineup of birthdays today. Turning 42 today, Martina Hingis. 36 today, Martin Guptill. Also 36 today, Rennie Ranger. 34 today, Kiwi squash, squash player Joel King. And 25 today, uh, friend of the run home, uh, Max von Strapen. He turns 25 today. And on this day in 1980, the number one movie was The Elephant Man. And wrap your ears around the number one song from 1980 from Queen. Actually, I'll just jump in. I have to clear the space here, make way for Kimberly and Beaver. Great to have your company. The run home from four to seven. Freddie Mercury will take you out. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it.
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.